quick note before we start this episode today. Uh, this episode is about Men in Black, and my friend Alexandria Henderson came over to talk to me about Men in Black. So, of course, we had to talk about Rip Torn and his amazing performance as Agent Zed in this movie, which I've adored for years. So, just half an hour ago, as I was getting ready to put this episode out, Alexandria texted me to let me know that Rip Torn has passed away. So, I just wanted to, for what it's worth, dedicate this episode to Rip Torn. He's an actor who every time he popped up on screen, I always got excited because I'm like, I love that guy. That guy's Rip Torn. He's awesome. His name's awesome. His performances are awesome. And I was always happy to see him. He's the guy who taught us how to dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge on top of being Agent Zed and so many other great roles in tons and tons of movies. So thank you, Rip Torn, for all of the wonderful memories you've provided to so many people over the years. Let's do the episode. the microphone just yeah. like yeah it is exciting i can't even tell because i can only see like the top you, i know i'm really eyes. y'all i'm like slouched in the couch yeah chilling. i need to do something about being able to podcast and see people because like these pop filters are always so but overlooked. i like that hold on what if i do this is, the, not a, this is not a good idea that pop filter is so shitty it will literally die if great you do that. just kidding yeah. psych well okay i'm i'm here i'm speaking with alexandria henderson hey y'all welcome to the show thank you i'm so excited to be here we've been looking for an excuse to record a podcast for a while because i'm so interesting and you're he so just great. could not i was like you could not handle you have to come on my show <laughs> but like the sci-fi that you're into is young adult like dystopian, dystopian fiction. fiction yeah and i just haven't read any of it it's so, so good i was like I'm, we're trying to so find good, something i mean sometimes it's so bad but it's so good okay so y'all the series that i would recommend if you're like i don't really know what you're talking about now i am 30 years old but i still enjoy young adult uh dystopian fiction but um and of course as soon as i s- start to think about it her name goes out of my brain there is the Legend Chronicles. Um, I feel like the author is Marie Wu. But also, Wu may not be her last name. <laughs> um, but that's a great series of like dystopian futuristic fiction where like we try to make the future so much better by creating everyone the same. But by making everyone the same, it actually makes everyone worse. Kind of like the Hunger Games of like, mm. in order to end war, we choose a kid and make them battle to the death. Like that sort of thing. I have um, no knowledge of what the Hunger Games is. Is that oh, weird? I mean, it's a good it's a good series to read, and yeah. the, and the movies kind of stay true to the books. Yeah. But I I I love being able to have my own imagination. The Hunger Games, the Divergent trilogies, uh-huh. um, the Legend Chronicles, like I said. Um, there is a book that I enjoyed reading called City of Ember. Uh, that also became a movie, but I'm not going to watch it. Uh, and that's a great series as well. I'm I'm. I just, I voraciously eat these books. I yeah. love them. I actually own the Hunger Games trilogy now. So like I the should, movie I should, or the book? The books. Read them. I'll, I'll read it. I'll Please let you know them. when I read it. Please we, tell we me. We can do this again. Yes. But I was so excited to finally find something that we were both 
into that we yes. could podcast about, which yes. is the first Men in Black movie, yes. which is why we gather here today. Yes. Uh, so neither of us have seen this movie in a while. Like I haven't seen it in a really long time. Me either. I think uh, we, we we went up and like queued the movie up and it was like 1997. And I yeah. was like, great. I was a whopping eight, nine years old. Wow. Wow. Uh, uh-huh. I was like 13. In my life, I had just moved back to... Seriously? You're four years older than me? Yeah, I'm 34. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, great. You're like disgusted uh, I, by I said, me now. Oh You're my like, wow. God, this grown uh, man. Ooh, gross. Why am I, I don't want to be talking to this guy anymore. <laughs> He's so old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I, in my life, I had just moved back... No, I did not. Um, my life uh, during that time, I was in California... I lived in Southern California from 95 to 99. Mm-hmm. So that was my childhood living in Southern California on a military base. Um, I know that this doesn't really matter, but it's the things that make me think of when I'm thinking about the movie because my childhood was pretty great. And so it was a happy time. So thinking about watching the movie again, like the first things that come to mind is like, I had a great childhood. Um, I loved Will Smith. He could do no wrong. Yeah. Um, I feel like Wild Wild West came before Men in Black? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, and I don't have well, my phone speaking on Well, w- speaking of Will Smith not doing any wrong, how do you feel about Wild Wild West? I love Wild Wild <laughs> you love West. It. I really, <laughs> truly do. Yeah. And I think every, I've heard, I listened to a podcast of his uh, where he was, it was from years ago. I'm catching up on this one podcast I listened to, uh, The Hollywood Reporter's Awards Chatter. Because hmm. I decided, like, oh, if I'm going to be an actor, I should probably listen to what actors are saying. I don't know. Um, and so they did this uh, interview with Will about concussion. This was years ago. Oh, yeah. I'm, I I'm literally catching up yeah. on old podcast episodes. And he, they were talking about, like, the flop that was Wild Wild West. Uh-huh. And it was so such a good movie to me that I was like, I didn't know it was a flop. I didn't yeah. know no one. I didn't know people didn't like it. Him. Kev, is it Kevin Klein? Yeah, yeah. Kevin Klein. Like... What? Like, I mean, using a Stevie Wonder bass line, the, the I Wish song to make the Wild Wild West theme song. Uh, uh, what was the what was her name? Uh, what's the main girl's name? Is what, it Penelope Cruz? Is that Penelope Cruz? I Honestly, I saw it once and it was so long ago, I just don't remember. Penelope Cruz. It could be. I, I'm not sure. Because the only other person it could be, I can't bring up the name in my brain. The name is, escapes me. It might be, but like so, Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek is my was my uh, was the one who I thought it might be. Okay, but it might be Penelope Cruz because she had a very strong dialect. Well, we can she? check uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. so our plan today is we're going to yeah. chat a little bit yes. and then we're going to go watch the movie. Yes, and then we're going to come back and talk about revisiting Men in Black. But yes. we're going to talk about how we remember it first. Yes, but we can we can we can get our facts straight about Wild Wild West. Great, thank you. When we do we, that. You're right. Thank you. Sorry about that. I, I go on tangents, but I, that like, this show I love is a hundred percent tangents. Okay, go anywhere you want. Woo. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. So okay, Men in Black comes out. You're yeah. You're nine years old. I'm in the throes of my really great childhood. And by yes. really great, I mean, I really don't know. I just didn't have any bills. Yeah. So. You're watching I'm Fresh Prince. All the time. Will Smith is in out. this movie. Yes. You go see it. What What do you remember about Men in Black? I remember the agents. I remember because, and actually, oh, here's a great little tangent. Men in Black sparked my, uh, my dressing up for Halloween. So for years, I didn't celebrate because I was in a very religious family, so Uh we didn't celebrate Halloween. But Mm. then I kind of like grew up. I moved out on my own. 
And in 2014, the very Halloween 2014, I was an agent. I decided to oh, be cool. a Men in Black agent for Halloween, and that and ever since 2014, I've been dressing up every year, like trying to make my costumes really. Oh my god. Uh, um, creative and whatnot and i love halloween like seriously halloween is one of my was as a kid it was my favorite holiday yeah because the night where you'd get dressed up and you wander the streets and collect candy was the greatest night of the year for seriously. me it was so fun free candy yeah dress up and you didn't get to experience that huh N- not exactly because <laughs> when i what i'm about to say is going to sound a little weird but i enjoyed it we had like uh like um harvest festivals at church Uh so it wasn't like celebrating but it was like celebrating if you will so we would dress up as like bible characters and we Uh would go so like you know take (laughs) your best bed sheet wrap it around you become mary i was mary for a few years uh and and then go to church where they would have like game night Uh basically where you what kind of trick or treat? Like at little stations, and they would have a bag in the back. You could fill the bag up with candy. So it's so like it's that. Substitute Halloween. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like yeah. it was like Halloween light. <laughs> yeah. So you're doing the Halloween activities, but without but there's, there's no Satan without involved. Satan, <laughs> without any of the paganism. Yeah. Um. Or like. Or or or, or not even like to say trick or treat or anything like and that and I mean some people even called it like Hallelujah night like depending on where <laughs> church you went to. Yeah. You know. Um, so it's not like Halloween. We celebrate Hallelujah night. Yeah. Uh, and like, and that was still great parts of my childhood. Like I never thought like I'm missing out by not going trick or treating. I always had big bags of candy still from yeah. the church. Um, I remember I went bobbing for apples once, <laughs> and that's disgusting. And it I, is disgusting. Isn't I don't it? think I ever need to do that again. Yeah. yeah. It's it seems like torture. Like, like, it seems like, you know... Oh, you're so right. And like, this is the that, only food you can eat. your head you in this water. Only get it with your teeth. Ha! Yeah, and this water is gross. And, and grab it, like, all the kids putting their mouths in the water. Everyone's drooling in this water. Ah! Yeah, it and then grab horrible. an apple. Why is that a game? Like, why do you even want the apple at the end? I would I bob know. just for the fun, and then I would never eat the apple because there's candy. Why would I eat? Why would I eat the apple? Yeah, and I was a sugar-free kid. Like, my parents didn't let me have sugar, so Halloween no. was, like... Uh, uh, we I don't even know what happened with the candy because like we I mean that was like a night where I get to cheat and eat a, like maybe a piece or two right but like we didn't keep the candy we didn't eat the candy so what did we do with it what happened to your candy I don't know all I know is like my sister I don't remember my sister started now doing I'm worried treating, right it's gone <laughs> your parents were up there eating it like much too good for children yeah um I get all the sugar <laughs> mine I don't know why that's my dad's voice. <laughs> I don't know why. I gave you Mrs. Trunchbull. I don't even know if you knew that. I didn't. The Matilda movie. She's eating much too good for children. Anyway. Yeah. um, (laughs) (laughs) My sister even now like does the whole trick-or-treating thing and then she does candy tax. And so I come over and I get candy tax from my nephews. What is candy tax? You know, you you pay tax on what you have reaped that evening. So they come in with their bags of candy, and there's like a percentage that. My oh, sister you take takes. the candy tax. My, well, my sister does, and she shares it with you. And she shares it with me. I, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Candy gotcha. Tax. Fun. They're teaching them how to pay bills and stuff. Yeah. Early. Oh man, Halloween. <laughs> I I think getting old enough where trick or treating was no longer appropriate was one of the saddest things that ever happened to me. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, is that that's a, an extreme that exaggeration? Thing, but because it's like I went trick or treating for the first time at 24 October 31st 2018. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I was 30 years old. Wow. And I went trick-or-treating with my sister and I dressed up as peanut butter and jelly. That's and adorable. And we took her children throughout her neighborhood, the good neighborhood of Furcrest, Washington. And and I racked up, too, because the neighbors were giving out, like, full-size, king-size, like, share-size. And I was like, oh, this is a good neighborhood. And I would say, nobody else was saying it. They were knocking, the kids were knocking on doors and walking away. And I was like... Does nobody say trick or treat anymore? Can I say trick or treat? And they're like, okay. And I'm like, I get it. I get that you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but I've never done trick or treating before. It was my wow. first time. Okay, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I could have been trick or treating this whole time. You and could I'm just have. An idiot. Now you can't but anymore. I did, I did exchange that for throwing Halloween parties. Okay. And I, I, I fell out of this now, but back in San Diego, I used to do this where my friends and I would, would throw a Halloween party and I put together this playlist that was like 80s funk and disco. Oh. And we just had the best time that like, sounds like so fun. much fun that sounds just, like fun you i love bring that back i love dressing up yeah like what i now i've replaced that with like when i play in bands i wear costumes oh do you yeah i definitely. did not know that i played in this band mugatu for years yeah you and i have been like friends recently but we don't know each we other's don't know history the very past. well yeah we don't know the past people um i played in this band mugatu when i was around 28 for like four years mm-hmm. um until my guitarist moved to new zealand and it was a, a glam punk band Ooh, and we'd wear like i would wear batman underwear and butterfly wings and it was great it was so much fun really yeah and i then, don't know this jesse yeah i mean he has on a very patterned shirt right now and i think yeah. that's about the only jesse that i know is patterned Pattern shirts. shirts yeah well i also have my spacesuit that i like to wear when i play my sci-fi synth pop music huh but i'm working on a music video you'll see it i'm very excited about this and there is a video online of the last mugatu show with me and my butterfly wings. Mugatu. Is it spelled like it sounds? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link. You have to. I have to see this. It was it was the most fun thing I ever did. So Well, good. I mean, and now you and Andy, like you guys should be doing the real cutesy couple shit where you dress up. It's like <laughs> Actually, there was a there's a couple that in my life that I really appreciated for Halloween. They always did. They threw Halloween parties and they always dressed up really great. Um and like 2 years ago, 3 years ago, she was uh, they were the thriller. They were Michael Jackson's thriller. She was Michael and he was the girl in the video. Oh, I love that. And it was adorable. That's so cute. It's adorable. And just funny. Like, you should be able to do, like, cutesy stuff like that because you have, like, yeah. a partner that you can do stuff with. Oh, totally. Well, Andy and I turn a lot of heads just by wearing a lot of color. It's very true. Like, all the time. It's very true. We get We get stopped by people sometimes just like, you two just look so happy and like colorful <laughs> yeah, and and rightly so because you are very happy and very colorful people. we are both yeah. yeah we we have a similar sense of style as far as like wanting to just wrap ourselves up in things that make us feel good for and and they're usually things that are pretty loud i love that i love that especially because i'm around a lot of people theater people who like want to monochromatic monochromaticize monochromaticize mm-hmm. monochromatically change their closets <laughs> <laughs> and like i see i end up seeing a lot of black like and mm. and and i started to feel that way for a second like oh the patriarchy wants me to dress colorful so i should wear black because do they i don't know i don't know i don't know but like it, it would be so much easier to not have to worry about what i'm wearing every day just to throw right. on my steve jobs turtleneck and dad jeans and vans um but <laughs> But would, that, would I be happy? No, I would not. Yeah. So I, I decided to shirk that. And I love looking at you two because you're just really great examples of colorful, bright. And that is yet another tangent that has nothing to do with... We'll, we'll get there. It's fine. Great. Yeah. I You know, I used to try to like... I used to be worried about the content of this show. Yeah. But I feel like now if I'm having fun, then that's good enough. 
That's and we great. we will talk about Men in Black, but I really enjoy these tangents. So fuck okay, it. great, yeah. fabulous. Um, well, we should talk about how we know each other because I've known you for like a year, I think. What when was that Diva Tech show? Two years ago. That was two years ago. Two okay, I've known years you for ago. two years. Yes, that's the night I met you. So wow, my girlfriend Andy is in a in a group called Diva Tech. Yep, cover band, nineties cover band. Yes, that you are also in. I am. And I met you the one time I ever saw Diva Tech perform because unfortunately there's only been like. Three or four times. Yeah, in the -hmm. the two years that I've, since then. Yeah. Uh, And Annie and I have been together for like two and a half years. Um, You guys were together? Oh, see, that sounds terrible. But I didn't know you guys were together before that concert. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Totally. But, so yeah, that's the first time I got to see her do, because she's a musical theater person. Yes. But this is like her, and I'm like a pop music guy. Yeah. So I got to see her do some pop music. Yeah. I was so into it. Were you? Did you see me with like my... My Gaga eyes no, all night long. No, I <laughs> just because like watching Andy. Also, like I, I feel like I could go back to, that night. Uh, I wasn't really looking at anybody that night because right. that night, uh, we've talked about it on our our podcast how we were just all stressed out over it and like, well, Andy had a lot of people there. I didn't have a lot of people there, um, and I was just kind of like, I don't want to ruin this. I don't want to mess this up. And so I, all I was focusing on was trying to get the words to all the songs. And sure. then like afterwards when I met you, I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Hi, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah, we didn't meet till after the show. So that, you wouldn't have known who yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't know the, I ga- was... the Gaga. Like, would yeah. you like, <gasps> look at I was her. literally like, oh my God. I, I like her. Like she Everyone mine. in this crowd is like, would be jealous of me if they knew that I was yeah. that girl's boyfriend. Yeah. And that was such a cool feeling. Was, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Uh, okay, so we met at that point, and then you just mentioned the podcast. So yeah. the Diva Tech girls got together to make uh, the Seattle Diva podcast yep. with Sarah, the third diva, and then Naomi, your producer. Yes. Uh, and you all have been coming over and recording podcasts in my little podcast studio here, because yep. Andy and I live together. Since like February or so. Yeah, so you've been around a lot, and you and I have bonded over our love of Nintendo Switch. We have. We, so we wait, actually let's together rewind one time. it. Let's we rewind some, it. We played some Mario Kart together. Yes, we, we're rewinding now because... What I don't remember is the initial, like, did you come to the uh, drama club party? I came to your birthday party. No, no, okay, so but the summer before. Oh, I don't think so. That okay. doesn't sound familiar. Great. I feel like I I knew you tangentially yes. until I came to your birthday party. Yes. And then I was like, oh, you're cool. We should hang out. And this was really great. And then I was yeah. like, oh, um, because uh, Andy was like, can I bring Jesse? And I was like, does he even want to come? Like, <laughs> I know he doesn't really know me. Does he want to come? If he wants to come to my birthday, hell yes. You can let him, please let him come. And then you guys came. We had a good time. And then you invited me to your birthday party. That's right. And that is where you ruined my life. That's right. By making me play <laughs> Nintendo 64, Mario Kart 64. Yeah. And then playing Mario Kart on the Switch. Yes, that's and right. Like, oh, I forgot this. I cannot do anything else i need the switch in my life that's like, right I cannot this is terrible you have ruined it this is terrible like i have never wanted a video game system so like like you guys listeners listen listen i play dvds on a playstation 2 <laughs> up until this this era i played grand theft auto 3 vice city san andreas and grand theft auto for three vice city san andreas I feel like I'm missing one. Grand Theft Auto 3. I don't I feel like I'm missing one, but I feel like there's a fourth one that I played. And then like Need for Speed on the PlayStation 2. Uh-huh. And that was the extent of my gamer ship. Like I was not a gamer girl. Um and then I come over to his house. Now what he did not do, even though he could have ruined me there, was one of his friends had bought 
brought over an Oculus virtual reality it system. It was Jane. She was on the podcast last time. Oh, hi, yeah. Jane. Uh, <laughs> she could have ruined my life, but I didn't let her because I know I didn't have that kind of money to get anybody's VR. Right. But there was like an hour during this party where Alexandria was sitting in a chair by herself fishing in VR and no one knew if you were awake or asleep and it was so funny I didn't realize it was a whole hour it was, you were gone you just was, like went away it was the most relaxing thing I had ever done I have a video of you do you I, I send my phone somewhere I'll have to show it to my you I took I, a video of you playing VR because like you just didn't know I was there <laughs> It was like, the, it made me like, normally, so I'm a huge extrovert. I love people. I love yeah. parties. But that VR headset, playing that gone fishing game, I literally just sat and just fished. And yeah. then there was like, uh, there were different um, uh, challenges and missions you could do. Catch this sort of fish. Catch this number of fish and take it to this person. And I just started doing that. Like, left. I just, pl- I enjoyed it. And I low-key... Yeah. Still kind of want one just so I can sit and zone out and yeah. fish. You are you are a gamer girl. Am I? In your heart. Duh! I can tell. Because, okay, I was streaming Breath of the Wild for a long time. I got like a little bit into... I finished my first run and I was playing it in master mode and I felt like I needed to take a break from the game because mm-hmm. I played for like, you know, like 200 something hours, close to 300 hours. Like two, I finished my first playthrough around 250 hours and I started master mode and got like another 15 or 20 hours in or something. It's like, I gotta, I gotta put this game down for a while. I need yeah. to, I need to be, I need to like, you know, vacation from Hyrule. Cause I've been here for too much. It's very true. And then you got your switch and you were super into it. And I lent you breath of the wild. And then you are like, your experience with that game has been so interesting to me. Just like living vicariously through you as you, because you've never played a game like that before. Have you? Um, I mean, it's like a 3D game like, like Grand Theft Auto would be. No, but, but I, I mean, kind of where you have like little missions or whatever. Like Grand yeah. Theft Auto would be a, would be a, a thing There's some that similarities there. But, but it, it's, I felt like it was just more of a, a thing that gamer people do. Like you go and you do the missions and you fight the monsters and you grab the things and then you do the things. And then you find this person and you talk to them about this. And then you like, I think it is actually kind of like Grand Theft Auto now that I'm thinking about it. But... <laughs> But also, like, Grand Theft Auto, I never played without cheat codes. Like, I oh. always played with the, like, frozen no stars. So, like, the police wouldn't be after me and I could do all the stuff that I wanted to do. Uh-huh. I would, like, give myself money, give myself right. guns and ammo. You're not trying to challenge yourself. You're trying to, like, enjoy, have a, enjoy the escapism. Just, yeah. I right. literally, if I'm going to play a video game, I, which is a thing. Like, so, so, y'all, I was playing Breath of the Wild for a minute and then I kept running up on these really crazy, scary monsters. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't, <clears throat> I can't play it because it's, it's creeping me out. Like, I was getting actual anxiety walking through some, these places because and I was you'd, like, you like, text me scared sometimes. I would. I was <laughs> like, so these guys are popping out from these places and I don't know what to do. And <laughs> I'm so scared. And I, I don't know why I'm so afraid to like just die, right? Because in the yeah. game, you die, but then you come back. Oh, I hear you though. Like It's disturbing. It's the failure. It's the failure Dying of like- Dying in Breath of the Wild is disturbing. It is. Yeah. And like you can see your heart's going down. And like the very first time that I met up with an uh, Giga clan. Oh, yeah. And like the dude kicked my ass. Yeah. And like- and kept doing it until I died. Like there was no getting away from. Like, and all because I just talked to this little idiot, thinking that I could t- <laughs> talk to the people that I was like walking alongside. And, yeah, that one next to the river. Yeah, stupid. When you're coming down I was the hill, so mad. I know, it's so funny. And so I, uh, 
so I just stopped doing that. I stopped engaging with monsters. I would just try and like run through them one path because I realized yeah. that they don't. You're just they don't living chase a life you. in they high roll. Yeah, yeah, they don't like chase you. Yeah, they like stop at a certain point, so you could run past them and keep going if you wanted to, um, and. And so I would do that or I would just like gather ingredients and just go find little pots and like cook things together and make tons of things and elixirs and foods. And that became my like Grand Theft Auto thing where you just yeah. ride through and try and steal all the cars and paint them and, yeah. and just live your life in Vice City or in San Andreas. Like it, I like I brought it today so that I could play it with you next to me so I can be like secure in the fact yeah. that these monsters are going to come out but we did that once where and i got to watch you play a little bit and i've never seen a more timid <sighs> approach to uh, a video game in my entire uh, life i don't even know why i'm the anxiety of like a monster popping out and and, and i get it. it's a game i get that like i'm going to regenerate i get yeah. that the hearts i have enough i can make it happen like I was scaling mountains and like using all my stamina things to get around monsters and like and then I played next to you and you were like oh yeah 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 I got this and then you like killed the guys and I'm like yeah and then I would <laughs> You're go like, home I've never seen him die before it was so good <laughs> how did you do that and then I would drive home and feel empowered and I play all night because I was like yeah oh, that's awesome. I saw him beat that person and now I'm stronger I have these strong weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I need. Uh, I want you to do a divine beast. Uh, I'm also. I'm trying to stay out of your playthrough. Like I'm. Uh, I'm trying. If you want anything, I'm there for you. But yeah. I don't want to like tell you what to do because that's stupid. Uh, no. But I would like to see you tackle a divine beast because the prizes that you get for defeating a divine beast are game changing and so cool. Like I, I think you should start with uh, Varuta, the the bird. Uh, no wait, Varuta's the. That's the elephant. That's who I started with. What's the bird? I don't remember. Oh, the one that you told me, like the bottom left corner. The one that you told me to go find. Bottom left corner. I don't remember off the top of my... I think bottom left corner... Isn't that the desert? I don't really know. I wouldn't start there. Okay. I think the bo- top top left corner. Oh, We'll oh, take oh. a look at it later. Oh, yeah, yeah, We have yeah. a lot to do today. We do. I, uh, <laughs> I'm so excited about today because... <laughs> I mean, you drove a long way to come and record. Yeah. And I feel like it's on me to make sure that you have the most fun day possible. I mean, <laughs> you don't feel no pressure. First of all, I'm very easygoing. Okay. Yeah. I'm not very high maintenance. Um, and I wouldn't, I mean, I thought it was going to be fun anyway. We're going to watch Men in Black. Right. We're going to play video games. We're recording a podcast. You, we're recording a podcast. Doing super fun things. It's going to be great. Yeah. And when I get scared of the, when I inevitably get scared of the little bokoblins or whatever, <laughs> like, and what, I think that that was what was gr- so great. Like you defeated some of the scarier ones so that the little ones were just like easy. I could just run up on them and just yeah. get them. Um, yeah. I mean, when you start that game, the, the easy ones are hard. Yeah. But once you get any weapons besides a tree branch, they become easy. <laughs> so but if real. you're already scared of them, it could yeah, be a problem. You it know? is. And, yeah. then, and, then the, and then the blood moon and they all come back. And so yeah. it's just like... You, you never even, get a break. You haven't even seen a Lionel. Those scare me still. I Those don't want it. Scary. Somebody said that too. Someone said, wait until you see. I don't want to see it. But you never have to fight a Lionel. Like, you can avoid them if you want to. That's okay. part of the beauty of that game is that you can play it however you want. Yeah. And, I mean, you can just play for, like, 50 hours without ever a- accomplishing any of the tasks and, and then put it say, down forever. And that that's totally valid. One of the main reasons why I wanted to play is because one of the podcasts that I listen to, The Read, Crystal <gasps> plays... Crystal plays... 
Breath oh my of the Wild. God, you're that is, that's who I was telling you about. Oh, I said, that's who it was. Yes. Oh, when I was no. like, oh, one of the podcasts oh, I listened I want to. Hear her talk about it. I, and, I, and I wish I could go back to the episodes and like scrub. But like this last, the most recent one, she says uh, there's supposed to be a new Breath of the Wild something coming yes, out. Yes, there's a whole new game coming out. Right. Breath and so of the she Wild was like, too. she was like, I'm absolutely going to get it. Oh, she cool. said she spent 500 hours on this game. Yeah. On the Breath of the Wild, and she's gotten all the Karak seeds. She's wow. done all the shrines. Like she's. She went further than I did. She's wanted to completely win the game yeah and she's like and she loved it she's like yeah she's the reason why i was like oh i know what this game is oh, so when so i saw funny. that you were playing it i was like oh yeah i've heard about this you told me about that it months ago Crystal. and i didn't realize who it was so yeah, yeah th- we're talking about the read which is yes. a podcast that alexandria turned me on to that i've yeah. since gotten a little hooked on uh and it's great yeah how would you describe the read to anyone who wants to check it out? i would say it is two black people who identify as queer um, or not queer. I don't know if queer is the right word, but they're in the LGBTQ community, and um, they the read the the term reading someone is to like tell them about themselves in a way that might be super harsh. Mm-hmm. And in that case, uh, the read is about when they when they encounter things that they are annoyed about in real life, they talk about it, and it is it is uncensored. It's like their read on the situation. Yes, and they yeah. like read people who are jerks or they will like if someone is doing something like it's a lot about trump too so if y'all are if y'all are anti-trump head over there because you'll hear some good stuff um and also crystal is very much involved in listening to the news so she will like recap what she's heard and yeah but and kid fury is like really into pop culture culture. they both are to a degree so they like we're talking about game of thrones and avengers yes so there's a lot of like relationship and advice. And he's also a gamer. And, he's a gamer as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's he, really into watching streamers. He's yes, talked about. Yes. And um and he's into uh um be, what was I going to say? Gamer and and uh superheroes. Yeah, like, yeah. So he's yeah. into the whole Marvel A lot of DC. stuff that I'm into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I love their their points of view are ones that I don't get access to that often or or really ever, you know. Yeah, it's two it's two black people talking without the there's, eyes there's, of white people there's no white people in the room and no. i i even commented on this to you is like i've never heard that before yeah and it which surprised me and made me a little ashamed that i'd never experienced that before mm-hmm. but but this is a great one but to also experience. you can't experience it because if you're in the room well correct because i'm in the room <laughs> right but i've never it never occurred to me to seek out a podcast yeah with uh people that i don't get to hear i mean and not ju- not just black people but just anyone you yeah know? um like any like people from any part of the world where they're into what I'm into, but yeah. they're from somewhere else. And that's, you know, the whole different point of view. Yeah. Super interesting to me. And I mean, I don't know where they're from, but, uh, Crystal is from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. Kid Fury is from Miami. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then places they ended that up I in New York city. Yeah. And so they all, and they also have like varied pasts that, uh, this is like, a, a, I like know a lot about them. It's so crazy. Um, but it's because they were, they were raised similar to me, like, in a church going home uh-huh. yeah. and then like obviously both of them had to come out and like Tulsa, Oklahoma is not a place that you really come out and be right. gay. So Crystal had a time and then Kid Fury when he uh, he just moved to New York City and, and they met up, they met like online and they became friends and now they have a podcast. And it's huge. Yes. It's huge. huge. following. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like they do a lot of good with what they're doing they you know? do and Which they're is really like cool. they advocate they they will they're they're always there for the truth i think that's what the whole point of the read is too yeah. right it's like you want to hear this harsh truth i'm about to give it to you yeah 
that sort of thing. Yeah, totally. There's a. I will warn people that there is a lot of casual N-word usage. Tons! And for someone who's not used to it, it can be a little... <sighs> jarring. I mean, for me, it was a little jarring at yeah. first, and I now I'm getting used to it, and... Um, but it's like I'm used to it because it's them and it's yeah. a word that they use comfortably and yep. like I like them so I'm comfortable with that Yeah. but it's obviously a word that I will never use casually and, and that's another thing that they use uh, like the D word for lesbians or the F word for gay people uh-huh. because they are in that community and they're allowed right. to use it I don't use those words right. I will never use those words in fact when I was in a production of Rent and I had to say it I talked to a couple of my friends like I gotta say the F word I gotta say the D word like am it are people going to be upset with me? Like I identify as a straight woman. I that's my preference. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the word. I didn't have a word, yeah. um, and so I didn't know if I was going to get in trouble. Like I didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't want to say it. Like it ain't my word. But like Nick is my word. Like sorry, I that's put on your podcast. That's now. all right. <laughs> that's good. But it is, and so like, uh, and so I'm. I and they don't even just refer to black people. They like, just anybody could be it, which is right. To me, it's hilarious right. because uh, because anybody, anybody, anything, anywhere can be the N word. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's a and just language warning, just all the way around for yeah, that podcast for sure. if you're going to listen to it. Like, but I really like it, and yeah. I I actually they're long episodes, and I keep being like, all right, well, I think I'll listen to another. I know it's long, but but then it's over. I'm like, well, what? That was fast. Yeah. It just goes by so fast. Yeah. And I. My, I was talking to Jane about this last time. One of my favorite things to do in the summer living here is like go to Gasworks Park and just like lie in the sun and listen and look at the city. But I always listen to a podcast when I do that. And yeah. The Read has been one of the number one podcasts that I've been listening to nice. in that environment. And it's just really fucking relaxing. It's like, so really good. Like it. Yeah. It's so good. Yes. Okay. Men in Black. Anyway, Men in Black. Let's talk about Men in Black real quick. And then we're going <laughs> to, we're going to talk about, I want to talk about a little bit how I remember this movie, and then we're going to go re-experience it for the first time yes. in I, at least a decade Oh my gosh, me. this has been all about me. I'm so sorry, Jesse. Oh my God, are you kidding? How you, this, how is, you this is your it. show. This is like, <laughs> I, I invite people on the show because I want to hear about them. Okay. You, know, I, you, you fascinate me. You're such a cool person. I'm <laughs> stoked that you're here. Thanks. Um, I found out recently that you were a... Uh, beauty queen. Yeah. And you did pageants and stuff when you're younger. And that blew my mind. Yeah. I'm like, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Google that. I was Miss Portland. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I'm going to Google that. <laughs> okay, so Men in Black comes out when I was like 13. Yes. I was, you know, I've always been a sci-fi nerd. Cool. And then this was one of those things that kind of crossed into the mainstream where... Like, and that's what I was about to say. Even you saying sci-fi, I just shook my head. Like, I didn't even realize it was a sci-fi movie. Yeah, that's is that, so is funny. Is that weird? I just like Will Smith comedy. Boom. Cool. Oh, Monsters. Yeah. Aliens, though. Aliens. Yeah. I mean, this to me was like... This was a crossover moment for me where I could talk to all of my friends about sci-fi finally because I think The Men in Black is a brilliant sci-fi movie. Yeah. The idea that there is this world... This whole universe happening on our world that mm-hmm. we don't know about, mm-hmm. and if you like become one of the elite few who know the truth, yeah, then you automatically have to cut your ties with everyone you've ever known. Yeah. That is a brilliant premise, and yeah. like, would would you make that choice to cut ties with everyone you know to know the truth? No. Yeah, I don't think I would either. <laughs> without even without even hesitation. Yeah. Because well, I literally just said I'm an extrovert too, but like. Ah, to not be around like the people that I really truly love and the people right. that make me happy. Right. Because I mean I mean I guess maybe to save the world because sure. in a, because in a way That's like, what he's doing. He's that's what he's doing. Yeah. So maybe like that's a sacrifice though. Like would you be willing to make the sacrifice to not ever see Andy again? Well, to, no, like, I wouldn't. There's no. no way. I mean if 
if I were Will Smith, um, which I'm obviously not cool enough. I but mean, if I were Will Smith and I was given that decision before I'd met Andy, you know, but then you're at, you have to give up your family. Yeah. Uh, but if the world is at stake, you know, what like, do you do? You do you give up your future? Choice. Do you give up the possibility of finding an Andy? Like if that right. was before Andy, if Tommy even Lee know. Jones was Andy, I'm in. What? If if Tommy Lee Jones' character in Men in Black was Andy, and like I met this person, oh, I see, I see, and I, I see. felt this like bond with them, yes, and they also asked me to leave my whole life behind like, to okay. learn the truth to yeah, save yeah. the world. Oh, that makes sense. It would be so hard to and like my family. So if the main agent was Andy, like exactly, the, yeah, the love of you, then you can spend the rest of your life as a part like partners, right? Just, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I still. Maybe I'm not in. That was like, funny. If Tommy Lee to, Jones was Andy and I was way confused. It, well, didn't, it didn't even sit. And in every way I'm in on that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but even still, I still might. I Maybe I wouldn't just because like being asked to give up your family is so crazy. But I th- yeah. isn't his... I don't remember Will Smith's character's family situation if he like is close to this family or has family. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I think that maybe they did. the writers did that to make it an, make it an easy choice. easy choice for the audience to kind like of empathize with. But I know Tommy oh, we're gonna Lee. To, we're gonna have to, oh, I can't wait to watch it because I, I don't know, remember. Totally. Because you know what I'm doing is I'm starting to uh, meld to... Independence Day. Oh. And he definitely had like someone he cared about, and she right. had a kid. Right, right, right. And like, but he had to go save the save the world from the right. aliens. And he had um, to go fight with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Yes, <laughs> another great movie. Uh, but yeah, Men in Black I felt like had all these like layers of of subtext and context that were really fascinating to me about culture and about mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and about reality and truth and i just love the idea that there's this magical world like harry potter that is on our world right in our us. current time yeah. yeah with us now that if you just like look in the right door at the right time you might have access to yeah which or, i thought was like, so powerful yeah, i remember like um when when uh will smith's character is introduced to all to the screen of people and he's like i knew my teacher he knew that that teacher was an alien yeah that mean one the the like oh stop it right now yeah, or whatever totally. she says and he was like i knew she i knew that she wasn't real yeah <laughs> um that maybe maybe to be able to see people for to see the world as it truly is and see that other beings are walking among us but yeah it's similar to the matrix this idea that like the life you're living is a lie, mm-hmm. but the lie is more comfortable. So mm. are you willing to give up that lie to learn the truth? Yeah. And that's that's a fascinating question. And I, I've always empathized with the characters who say yes to that question. Yeah. Of course, I've never been in that position. And it, it's a lot more complicated than just like watching a movie and being like, yeah, I do that. Yeah. And like when you're at, when you're actually, if, if like I was actually faced with that decision, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. But when I watch the movie, that's the decision I want the character to make and the, the decision that feels right, you know, is to like learn the truth yeah. and fight for what's right. Yeah. And it's something really cool about that. I like this. Well, should we watch this fucking movie? Let's go do it! We, we've we been talking for 37 minutes. Have we? I oh think like gosh. seven minutes about Men in Black at the most. <laughs> And that is awesome. I love it. I, this show is ma- is like using sci-fi as a jumping off point to just have a fun conversation. Oh, I so like it. That's all good. Okay. It's all great. Okay. I'm like, yeah. the listener's like, we don't like her. Before we break though, yes. did you watch the sequels to Men in Black? I saw Men in Black 2. I may have seen Men in Black 3. Was Men in Black... I have to do the Googles because I need to know if which one was the one with Bismarcky. I feel like that was Men in Black 3. Bismarcky. Bismarcky is a rapper. Who, yeah, yeah, I can see his face. Who made like beats? He was in the mailroom with Will Smith, and they comedic they they communicated via. 
I beatboxing. feel like that was Men in Black 2. Was it? But I'm not sure. Because I, I actually really liked Men in Black 2. I saw that at the drive-in for the first time. Oh, and th- the that's just always drive-ins. so good. Like any movie that I've seen in the drive-in, except for like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, like the sequel with Johnny Depp, I've really Oof. loved. That movie yeah. I just couldn't get into, even at the drive-in. But I saw signs at the drive-in and I just like loved it. Because uh, it was like so dark and hard to see that the alien looked real, and that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and Where then, is the drive-in? Oh, in San Diego. Here? Like oh. it's closed long ago. Okay, so so what's funny is like I lived in in Twenty Nine Palms, California. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So we were like probably like near. We were really close to each in other, real life like an hour and a when half. When Men in Black came out. <laughs> yes, and like because there was a drive-in that we went to as well, but I think oh. it was on base still. Okay. But like I saw Hercules there. Oh yeah. I saw. I think we got we were taken to see Out of Sight. Do you remember the movie Out of Sight? No. Uh, early nineties, like shoot 'em up. I don't think we were allowed to have seen it though. I don't know why we were there. Uh, uh, I th- feel like J Lo was in it. I don't know, and some black people. Anyway, <laughs> um, but, but uh, and uh, the only other drive-in I've ever been to was one in Auburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Inception. Oh, fun. Um, but I couldn't keep track because it was I love driving. that movie. It was a, yeah, it was, that's a movie you kind of want to see. You need to be able to focus where you can really see what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andy and I got a projector in our room recently. Oh, that's right. So, so you like have your own personal drive-in. Yeah. How has that been? You've been, been watching Survivor. Fucking incredible. Yeah. It is so awesome. Like I watched an episode of Arrow up there, and I got so into Cutthroat Kitchen recently. <laughs> have you watched Cutthroat Kitchen? No, I don't know what it is. Oh, it's. Did you watch, watch Chopped? Uh, on Food Network. It's, so it's like four yes. chefs competing, yes, the yes, final yes, chef yes, yes. standing wins. Chopped, yes. It's that, except that they bid on sabotages to fuck each other up. So you have to like have your hands tied oh, together. Oh, I know what or, that is. Yeah. Yes. It's yes. amazing. It's like cooking show slash completely unfair yeah. competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really fun. I've seen that. I've seen that. And I've been watching, I watched someone stream. Well, like everyone has to do, so this person has to do everything with like, like one pair of tongs. Like exactly. You don't, get, yeah. you don't get. You wear gloves and you have to use tongs. And if the gloves get dirty, you get fined. Yeah. Out um, and Brown hosted. You have to wear like oven, oven mitts. Yes. Yeah. It. That's yeah. the show. I yeah, love that show. Yes. It's, it was on for a long time. It's not even on anymore. And I just I discovered it. I used to it. only watch the Food Network. I don't have that. I don't have cable anymore. I have like basic, basic it's cable. It's on Hulu. I don't have Hulu. Oh, bummer. I have Netflix. I just, I, boop, boop. Andy and I are like consolidating all of our streaming services. Yeah. I have CBS All Access because it's got, do su- you? Well, it's got Survivor and Star Trek. Those are my two favorite things. Ah. I have to watch those. So I need that now. Uh, and like going back and rewatching Survivor has been, we've been making really good use of that. There's something that I wanted to see, but it would be on All Access. With Twilight oh. Zone? No, I think it was Jordan Twilight Peele's Zone. Twilight yes. Zone? Yes. It's pretty great. Is it? I've watched uh, three episodes or four episodes. Um, yeah, it's it's great. I really like it. I want to watch more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I remember loving Men in Black too. Yes. Except like the very last moment of the movie, which was just so weird, where they're like in a locker. Yes, and, and like, they open the, the door yeah, and there's like, like tons of lockers. No, this is too much. Yeah. No, like don't do this. And then yeah. the movie ends and it's just like such a bad moment. Yeah. It doesn't make sense and it was just kind of done to be flashy. Yeah. But the rest of the movie I really liked, so I felt so conflicted. Oh, and Rosario Dawson was in that one. Yes. Yes, she was. And then the new one uh, was, or the newest one, the third one. Well, I, that's not even the newest so one anymore because Men in Black International is out in theaters right now. Okay, and that's so why we're doing this. I see. I see. Yeah. Men in Black 3. That had Jemaine Clement from Flight of the Concords as the bad guy. Yeah. And it had, it um, fuck. Oh, uh, Josh Brolin as young Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. 
and it was fine. It was a, it was a good movie, but I, I do remember that I enjoyed it, but it didn't really like light me up. But I think it didn't take none of them took off as well as Men in Black did, right? Like, and that's the thing. Like, I think it's the reason why I didn't even see it as sci-fi because it was, it was a Will Smith comedy. Like, hmm. it was something that I wanted. Like, I don't know. I that's so interesting that it totally is sci-fi. It is a hundred percent sci-fi. Wow, totally. Yeah, because I'd asked you about what sci-fi you're into, and the only thing that you mentioned was the young adult post-apocalyptic yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, Independence Day is totally sci-fi. Yeah. Even, but it's also an action movie. Men in Black is totally sci-fi, but it's also a comedy. But sci-fi comedy is actually one of my favorite things. Like, that's really? one of my favorite blending of genres. I just, I love science fiction. I love comedy. You put them together. Like, Galaxy Quest. Have you seen Galaxy Quest? I've heard of it. It's great. It's wonderful. It's a movie, yes. Yeah. And the web series that my friend Sarah and I are writing and Andy's going to be in, and we should get you in there too, because you're, you're a great actress also. Um, but it is a sci-fi comedy. Huh. And, you know, we, should, we, we haven't even introduced you. We're like 43 yeah, minutes into the show. You said Alexandria. You said well, I have we haven't talked about who... You're, you're an actress. Oh, you, like uh, who I you're am, a performer. why I yeah. matter. I don't matter. That's not true. <laughs> no, but I mean like... You're going to be co-hosting the Gregory Awards, which is a big deal. I am. Which is it's the Seattle Theater Awards. Yes. Yeah. It's like the Seattle version of the Tonys. Yeah. You're, you're a big deal in the Seattle theater scene. Thank you. I'd like to think so. From my until perspective. I don't, I must say, until I don't get cast in anything. And then I'm like, I'm not a big deal. <laughs> Stop saying that. I want to book more. Yeah. Um, and you're one of Andy's amazing theater friends who I'm stealing. Yeah. Like I, I, I stole Richard, too. Well, I, here's the thing. Before like, Richard moved, he and I were hanging out a lot, and I'm so bummed he moved. Andy and I became real friends a while back and, I, and that's the thing like theater friends are theater friends but I, I there are people that I've always said like I want to hang out with you in real life so that we can right. be real life friends like, yeah. so then there's no like signifier on the on the friend right you know what I mean? there's not a theater friend, friend or a pageant friend totally. or like I hear you. you're my friend or my church friend you right because when the production's over you never hang out see, you always go we should hang out we should <laughs> like that is literally the thing that Seattle theater does so well yeah we should totally hang out we should yeah and then I'm like, okay, I'm available on these dates. Oh, I didn't realize that we actually had to make a commitment. I thought we just yeah. should hang out. That's like you and I were talking and they're like, well, we should play Mario Kart together. And you're like, we should. And I'm like, oh, let's do it. And I'm and like, the- great. Here's my Monday. Here's my Tuesday. Yeah, here's totally. My I'm like, great. Okay, let's do it. And we, we streamed it on Twitch. It was yeah. fun. To like very few people, but it was a good time. It was fine. It was great. Some people were very receptive of me being there. It was very nice. Yeah. It was, a good, it was a good one. I... um. Yeah, a lot of my friend group recently moved away, mm-hmm. and and in that time, like I've gotten to know a lot of Andy's friends, and yeah. her friends are so great, and it's so cool to be dating someone who has friends that I really like, <laughs> and I've like developed actual friendships with yes. some of them now. And yes, part and she loves it too. She's like great, and I like that too. I like that. Well, I like that both of you guys are open to sharing friends. I'm not a huge friend sharer. Hmm. I'm like, sorry, Andy can't be your friend because she's mine. Okay, thanks, <laughs> but like. I, but I, I mean, I, I mean that lightly, obviously, like I don't own any of my friends, but, um, but I, I love when I can make new friends via like the reach, the six degrees of separation sort of yeah. thing. And so it's been really cool to like, I mean, I was a goner from the time that you played Mario Kart on, on your, like you invited me to your birthday party. And well, then you, you invited me to your birthday party. And then you let me sit in, <laughs> in the corner and like play vr and not got mad like why is this girl at my party not talking to me yeah i was Uh, all about it i'm like i i'm like she's having an experience that i can respect (laughs) and i need to let her have it um but then like when we all hang out together it's so great yeah like andy's in tahoe right now which is why she's not joining us for this but uh 
We had a fun day the other day where all the Diva Tech girls came over and we just like, oh my we watched goodness, a Tyler Perry we movie. Did. We <laughs> did. We watched never, a Tyler I've Perry movie. I've never seen a Tyler Perry movie. I uh, When I think of Tyler Perry, I think of the fact that he was in Star Trek in 2009 in the wow. movie and he he sends <laughs> ideas to Jeff Probst to put in Survivor. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because he's a big Survivor nerd, but I'd never seen any of his movies. So you, you guys came over and we watched one together and it was such an experience. Oh, what a movie. Yeah. We can't get into that because we will never talk we about never Men will in Black. We never talk about Men in Black. Um, You're right. Okay. This is so fun. I can't wait to keep going, but let's, let's put a pin in it right here. We're going to go watch Men in Black. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about it. No time will pass for you as the podcast listener, but for right. the two of us. An hour and a half. We're going to go drink some tea and, and watch some. Do you like tea? I do like tea. Do you like green tea? I do like green tea. All right. I'm going to make you some green tea. Oh, hot cha He's going to make me some tea, y'all. I'm I'm obsessed with green tea, and I have a very special fancy one that we're going to go drink. Oh, hot cha Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're back. We are back. It has been <laughs> hours. It's been like four hours. <laughs> We watched the movie the slowest way imaginable. We really, truly did. <laughs> we did. We Holy watched. Moly. Okay, we watched half of it, and then we got hungry, mm-hmm. so we paused to order food. Yep. And then we got into a really long conversation. Really long and very deep. Yes. Like it went so deep so fast, and it was like, oh, okay, and then you just kept eating, kept talking. <laughs> And we took like a two-hour break. We did. In the middle of watching the movie. Yes. And then we watched it and then talked for a while longer. Right. And then we're like, we should probably do this because it's late. I think I got here at 2 p.m., you guys. And it's 8 p.m. It's 8 (laughs) o'clock. We talked for like 45 minutes and then watched a two-hour movie. Uh Uh-huh. And all the rest of that time was just us chatting. It was. It truly was. About so much stuff. Yes. It was really great. But we definitely it was really great. It was great. We definitely did the we did the podcasting wrong because you're supposed to record the conversations, and we didn't do that. But we oh, could so we could we couldn't record any of the shit that we talked no, about. No, not at all. There's no way. Yeah, but yeah. let's talk about Men in Black. Let's do that. We just rewatched it. We just rewatched. We just it. watched well the second half. We watched the first half hours ago. Hours ago, and I don't even remember the beginning of the movie. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, what was it like for you coming back to this movie? Yeah. So, uh. It's interesting being an adult now watching watching yeah totally so many more jokes land and like one joke I actually made Jesse rewind it because it was <laughs> funny and I cackled and I was like oh man that it went completely over my head as a kid because because you don't know about selling crack you don't know about selling crack <laughs> oh it made me cackle so hard and then um yeah. So, yeah, it's really interesting to go watch it back as an adult. Like, uh, I, I, knowing Will Smith now, mm-hmm. knowing him as an actor and knowing his, his banter and just experiencing it and knowing like, oh, this is probably ad-libbed. You hmm. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I wasn't thinking about that. So, so this whole time that I watched it, y'all, when I was watching it... <clears throat> As a kid, I'm pretty sure I just expected the comedy of it. Like, you're going to watch, you're going to laugh, you're going to have a good time. Woo! I mean, McDonald's and all of them was having little gun toys or whatever, and the, the neuralizers, if you can find right. them. Um, and so you just kind of wanted to dress up like them, be as cool as them, let that right. be it. Um, wait, where was I going with this? Uh, Will Smith's banter. Thank you, yes. And so, But now watching the movie, I'm watching it more as an actor, too, seeing mm-hmm. that that is now my profession. And like... I commented to Jesse that the character uh, 
what'd you say his name was? Vincent somebody? Vincent D'Onofrio. The guy who plays the, the Edgar suit. The Edgar suit. The bug wears his skin. Yo, his acting, his <laughs> physical comedy, yeah. like, the, like his physicality as a possessed version of himself yes. was so great. So good. It was so good. Like you see him as himself yep. and then he like gets taken over and it looks like it's hard to tell if it's the same actor. I mean, it, it definitely is. is like, it the feels same like actor. it's not. It feels like it's not yeah. the same actor. Yeah, he's playing an alien wearing his skin so well. It's such the a way he walks, crazy his, performance. His and then it seems like the skin suit is getting like tighter as it goes uh-huh. and like starting to fall apart and he's getting more and more uncomfortable yes. wearing this skin yes. and having a harder time keeping his body inside of it right. as the movie goes along and it's also decaying. That's what I realized too and yeah. I never realized that in the in the the first time watching it but like yeah. now I'm like oh his eye was glassed over uh-huh. his lips were like falling off yes. it's so gross. The makeup was incredible Incredible. Though. Yeah it was so weird to watch it again because I remembered things about it that bothered me as a kid rewatching it. Okay. And a lot of those things didn't bother me as much as an adult, but new things stuck out to me that I found problematic that I never noticed before. Mm-hmm. Nothing major. I mean, I really enjoyed it. You know, I, yeah, I felt like I think we talked about movie. one of the moments that I didn't even, I thought, yeah, I, I thought it was it. completely inno- innocent and totally. you were like, no, this is gross. And I was like, yeah. oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. When, when agent, when J and K meet Linda Fiorentino's character, yes. I don't remember her name. Uh, the lady at the morgue. Laura. Laura? Maybe. I'm going to just throw that out there because I feel like we had paused it in, while they were in the morgue. And oh, you know how says, Amazon Prime has yeah, all their yeah, names. Yeah, as what's her name? Um, Men in Black. Yeah, keep going. Keep telling So, them. yeah, like sh- they get a little flirty. Um, and then they kind of play it for laughs later after she's been neuralized and, and he like Will Smith thinks she's flirting, but she's trying to get him to help. But yeah, so basically every time he meets this woman, it gets flirty. Laurel. Laurel. Dr. Laurel Weaver. Dr. Laurel Weaver. So the first time uh, Jay meets Dr. Weaver, she starts hitting on him a little bit and it her characterization does not seem like a real person at all. It just seems I like a even, man's I truly, fantasy of like what a woman would act like. It was a weird thing because I didn't even notice it, you guys. Like she was like, "You have such pretty eyes," and and yeah. he was like, "Ugh," and Jessica goes, "Ugh," and I was like, "What?" I thought it was like a deja vu thing. Like uh, Agent K had explained that whenever you're around people, they're gonna feel a sense of deja vu, like uh-huh. they've met you before, but that it wouldn't be anything. So I read it as that. She was just like, "Oh, you have such pretty eyes," like I've seen which them before. I had never considered before, which I actually thought was really cool because like when when Jay's like getting his makeover to get all of his stuff on, mm-hmm. there's that voiceover. It's like, you are deja vu, a memory. Yes, yes. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. If you think about that, that could be what they're trying to say. But then she can like, she continues, then she continues yeah. to like try to flirt with him. And it's like, and it goes like, you know what I do at night when everybody's gone. Right. It's weird. What? It's like, what do you do? girl? Like, they ju- they just met like that yeah. second. You're right. And, and she's and like in a, a professional, professional capacity. Woman. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It just did not feel like anything more than like kind of juvenile fantasy on the part of the writer. That's yeah. how it felt to me. How is that how it felt no, to you? I mean, now when you said it, yeah, it didn't, I didn't even think about it. Like I didn't, yeah. I just thought like, Oh, it's because he's an agent. He has nice, but his eyes are unremarkable. It's just the, the feeling that she gets yeah. from, from, yeah. And it just started, made me thinking about like the fact that she's the only woman in the entire movie. And then it just started to bother yeah. me a little bit, but, but that aside, like, I I feel like I don't know. The rest of the movie is so wonderful. Like this movie is so great. Yeah. And it has real moments of wonder yeah. in it. 
And that's what I that's what I sign up for, like in a sci-fi movie. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you can make me really believe for a second that we aren't alone in the universe, then I'm just in. Like yeah. that's what I want. And that moment where you like you have that guy where they take his face off and there's a little alien yes, yes, inside yes. dr rosen something yeah he's like he's got all these levers he can pull and there's this little alien puppet that's inside of this guy's head that looks so real and has so much emotion and he's like saying you know the the galaxy is on orion's belt like yes. that, that pivotal moment in the movie and you really feel wonder at that moment You're like wow that's an alien that's incredible it's really true because you can see like the alien sitting there he has all his levers that he's pulling to uh make the face suit go you can see the calm where he the uh, the little tv's uh doing white noise in the background because the person is dead but like yeah. you see all their different all the different things the screens that he sees and like yeah ah. and the puppet is so emotional so like, emotional such a great performance said, by the puppeteer the galaxy is on orion's no uh to prevent oh war. to prevent war what is word yeah what is word to uh, prevent to prevent <laughs> conflict <laughs> And then there's this moment where the Dr. Weaver looks into uh, the little the galaxy, galaxy yeah. like sitting on Orion's, the cat's belt, belt, well, collar. Uh, collar. Yeah. Uh, and there's a real moment of wonder there also. It's like, what is this thing? And as the audience, we know it's a whole galaxy. Yeah. And that's so cool. Yeah. So there's so many great ideas and like big ideas in this movie. It's and so wild. I never thought of it as a sci-fi movie. Yeah. That's so funny. And then I'm watching it, and I'm like, how did I not know this was a sci-fi movie? You know, and I was thinking about that, because I think it was actually categorized as a fantasy movie. Um, oh. When I looked at on uh, Amazon. I don't remember for sure, though. You, If you have it up, we should check. It says fantasy mystery. Fantasy mystery. It's not even categorized as wow. a sci-fi or a comedy. And I was thinking about that, because generally in science fiction, you try to make things plausible, mm -hmm. you know? Um so, like, if you have this giant creature who's living inside of a suit, you would try to make it feel like it could happen, which they did with that little tiny guy, but they definitely don't do with the bug because like, you have this giant bug living inside of this tiny yeah. suit, and there's just no way that that works. Yeah. It doesn't even... And, like, sometimes, you know, when he was killing those guys in the deli and you see his, like, lobster arms come out or his, like, cockroach yeah. arms yeah, yeah, come yeah, out yeah. and stab someone and, like, where did they come out of his clothes, yeah, you know? Yeah. They didn't because it wasn't real. Right. And there's a lot of moments like that in this movie. They don't even try to be, to connect the dots to reality. And I remember being a kid and being upset about that because I was this sci-fi geek who's like, they're not trying to make it real. And mm. that's what I want is I want them to try to make it real. And those are the things that bothered me as a kid that did not bother me as an adult because I'm like, well, they're just, they're playing it for laughs or they're, yeah. you know, it's a movie. Like they're, <laughs> they're trying to have these action one-liners that don't fit. You know, roaches check in. They don't check out. They don't like, check out. That's such a jarring moment because yeah. it doesn't, it, like, K wouldn't say roaches check in. Yeah. So he wouldn't, like, set Jay up for a punchline. Yeah. That's not who his character is. No. Uh, and that really stuck out to me this time. But I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's an action movie. They're putting in a one-liner. That's fine. Yeah. Just enjoy the movie because I love, I love, you know, 85% of this movie I really love where it's, you know, above and beyond what I would expect. Absolutely. So why, as a kid, I was all butthurt about that 15% that didn't make sense to oh, me. And funny. as an adult, I, never, I don't care. I never even thought about that. Growing up, I thought it was just a Will Smith comedy <laughs> and there were aliens, but it wasn't even like a, like most of the movie today I was eating. So I couldn't actually watch like a lot of the goopy 
goopy gobbly goops. Right. Because every time I was like, oh, here comes some goop, I would look away so that I could like <laughs> eat, so I could eat in peace. Yeah. Because it got really goopy really fast. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I didn't even think about it as a kid. Like it was just a part of the whole, you know. Also, I probably I grew up in the age of like wanting to be slimed on Nickelodeon. So uh-huh. like me too. Goop. It's goop. And he's like, yeah, cool, fun goop. Um, yeah. I think that's cool, though, because like, I really connected to this movie as a sci-fi nerd. And you didn't. You connected to this movie for a totally different reason yeah. as a kid. And there's like, it's just cool that we can like come together over this movie that we both loved as kids. Yeah. And, like watch again as adults. And, and I still enjoyed know. it. Like, yeah, Don't me too. even get me wrong. Like, I, and I don't think there's any, I don't think there was anything that really like took me out of the movie, if mm-hmm. you will. No, because, I mean, I guess we, we talked about how quickly uh, the very first partner got neuralized. He was just like, I'm tired. Yeah. And Agent K was like, cool, 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 looking through this light. Yeah. You've been my partner for 40 years, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so there was no, like, sentimentality, but then there was, we we had to feel it for Tommy's character for Agent yeah. K on his way out. And it was a similar way out at the end where Agent J didn't show him any sentimentality. Yeah. He's like, I'll see you around. He's like, no, no, you, you won't. won't. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's something at the core of this story that is so cool. Like this idea that there's these people who are the front line of defense for the planet mm-hmm. that nobody knows about and they never get recognition but they do it because it's it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And the idea of being good in this organization means like you will just see something and have a instinctive uh, action that you take that will hopefully prevent disaster. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong. You know, like Agent K doesn't train Agent J almost at all. Like he's just a cop who's got good reflexes and, and he good does, instincts. He just does like shadowing. He literally just... yeah. Yeah, he's like shadowing Jay. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Or like Jay's shadowing shadowing K. K, Yeah, yeah. And And K steps in when he really has to, but he kind of gives Jay like a wide leash, which I never really thought about as a kid. Because he's like, you shouldn't discharge your firearms in public. But he didn't stop him from doing that. And he had a moment where he could have. And that's what I was thinking about this time. I was like, wow, he let him do that to see what he would do. Also, I had a question about that too. When I was watching it, I was trying to figure out what my question was. But something struck me as odd about the way that Jay was firing the noisy cricket and uh-huh. continuing to be kicked back. Yeah. At what point do you ever get used to the kickback, I guess? At what right, because they that, get these that giant very first guns. Time, first time the little noisy cricket like shoots you backwards, what do you, how can you brace yourself? Like, he's like, he never braced himself. Right. He continued to be the kickback of like him being thrown backwards. And I was like, I don't know if that was for a comedic effect. I think so. Was it? Because yeah. it was just like, I was like, okay. There's a couple moments in the movie. Okay, thanks. Yeah, those are those are the little things that I think like are don't really make sense, and that's okay. Yeah, but when you think about it, it kind of gets stuck in your mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm that type of person where I will like I have to stop myself. I will start to think about those things and stop enjoying myself. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. Don't be dumb. This because is a fun like, movie. Like, just you, enjoy yourself. Buddy. How is he aiming that? Right. Where is he aiming it? Right. Who's going to catch the brunt of that bullet? Like, right. is there even bullet? It looks like fireballs? Right. Why is the fireballs like, right. making that such a kickback? And if they had taken the time to to answer those questions, I would like this movie even more. But they didn't. And that's yeah. okay. Because yeah. I love this movie. Because yeah, it's, it's still like so fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. It's never been one of my favorite movies. But it's like right under that tier. Just because... I mean, I would want, it's a good, it's a, it's a classic. It's one of those like 
when you asked if I liked it, I do. And also, I used to watch it on TV when I had cable. It was It's one of those movies that just randomly come on. Yeah. And you pick it up right in the middle and you finish watching. Or you watch it while you're doing something and then you leave the house and maybe two weeks later it's on again. And you're like, oh, yeah, Man in Black. And like you sit down and watch. It's one of those like TV movies that I'm always going to watch when it's on. Yeah. If that makes sense. So watching it now i'm like i enjoy it i it, and maybe also the nostalgia of it because i was totally. in a good time in a good place i didn't have no bills when i first <laughs> saw that movie so like it reminds me of the good old days yeah <laughs> do you as someone who like isn't uh, you know i i don't think you consider yourself a sci-fi nerd right mm, no so as someone who who doesn't think of themselves that way do you feel a sense of wonder from an alien puppet like, does that make you feel like that's real and you're, like, seeing this thing that's kind of blowing your mind? Or is it just, like, what is that experience like for you? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I do feel a sense of wonder. By, by like, so by, like, Dr. Rosen, whatever his name is, the little puppet on the inside. Yeah. I think I didn't realize it was a puppet. I think I thought it was CGI when I mm. first watched it as a kid. And I... The wonder to me is not in the puppetry it's in the fact that something can has like my first initiation my first initial thought is look at the screens look at the levers look at all the things that he needs to make that body move yeah it's the mechanics of the thing Uh um and and that's where the wonder is it's like it can be real because if i were to imagine that he would have to have all these different things to operate the body and to move and to and be able to see out of the screens and like um translate and the little voice but like i would totally think that so it'd be more of like my wonder with sci-fi lies in like i think that's why i like dystopian fiction so much because to me the wonder is this world that you think you can create that also might actually we might actually be living in it like we are living in mm. times where we can create these things and these things can't exist. And that is the reality. So the, this post-apocalyptic world could become reality because Absolutely. of the way our country yes. is going. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thrill of or that. Or even the whole world, the way the whole world is going, the sure. way the technology the is climate advancing. change, yeah. The way like or, sure, technology, all yeah. of that, like yeah. all of that can contribute to right. and us I, being in a Hunger Games. Or... I 100% consider dystopian fiction to be science fiction. Yeah. A hundred percent. You should. I mean, the yeah. the series that I was just telling you about, you know, save all the uh, the morals and the parables and whatnot inside uh-huh. of it. It when the animals started talking, I thought maybe this is sci-fi. <laughs> 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 when the animals started having conver- there's animals in the book, and when they started having conversations, I was like, Well, it depends. W- were they having conversations because of something done to them through scientific means, like technological means, or were they having conversations because of magic? Define magic. It might be magic, but define it. Like they don't explain how it's happening. It's just happening. It's more like uh, they the dogs are speaking in their native tongue, but the humans understand it. How, through like a translation device? No. Just through listening? Yes. Okay. That sounds like magic. That sounds like magic. Yeah. But if there was, but that's so funny because like, I love fantasy too. I love it. I'm yeah. really into it. Um, the only distinction being... That I started a sci-fi podcast, but I also love fantasy. I like sci-fi more, but I really love fantasy. Um, and it's funny because like fantasy is often grouped with sci-fi in um, bookstores, mm-hmm. like sci-fi fantasy section. And some people think of them as the same thing, and they're close. But I think like that makes sense. So uh, literal science fiction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the distinction. Is that and all the listeners go, "You're so dumb! I didn't know y'all. I don't know. <laughs> I get it now." Um, 
Uh, yeah, the distinction being that th- you're like at least pretending that through science this thing is actually possible, and that's what I that's what really gets me. I think similar to what you're saying about like dystopian futures, that, like that could happen. So if we yeah, examine it, it's interesting. Like the Divergent series is all about dividing people into factions based on how they test, uh-huh. and then like and then giving them a life based on their test okay. results if you will yeah and so so there's like no free will anymore yeah you test and then you go into these groups yeah. or if you test in more than one group you have to choose or something i don't right. remember how it worked out right. but like i don't know if that's even science fiction because it's, oh sure yeah because absolutely. that's more of just a a telling of the ages of like separating us all into factions and like yeah i think <clears throat> for me it would count as science fiction for sure because for me like if you look at you know changing culture or it's it becomes like anthropology, mm-hmm. which is a science. Yeah, you know, and you're like looking at human anthropology through a different lens than what actually exists. Yeah, by either jumping into the future or creating an alternate reality and examining humanity. Um, but you're trying to play it as if like this is actually humanity with this one difference. Yeah, what would happen? Yeah, and that is a scientific experiment. Yeah, and that makes it science fiction. Cool in my head. That's literally all so I So you read. are a sci-fi nerd. Oh, my god! Oh, my god! You've learned about yourself Look today. Look at me. I've learned so much. Yeah. And it's just, I just get curious about, like, why people, what draws other people to things that I get drawn to because of the science fiction. And mm-hmm. I think Men in Black is a perfect example of something that the draw for most people probably isn't the fact that it's a sci-fi movie, mm-hmm. where to me, that was the number one thing that I was excited about. Wow. And the thing I love about it the most. Because it's like my favorite genre with some comedy and action thrown in. What's mm-hmm. what's not to like about that? Absolutely. Yeah. And Will Smith. And Will Smith is uh, he's so good. He's so good. And Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones is insanely good in this movie. And I know that Dead he's like things. I know that he's a grumpy dude. And I heard this story that my friend Andrew actually told me on this podcast way back in the day about how when they made Batman Forever, he talked about Jim Carrey being the worst behind the scenes. And he, at one point, was quoted as saying, I, I, ref- I will not suffer his buffoonery. Woo! <laughs> and Jim Carrey was just praying, playing pranks on him the whole time. And oh, Tommy Lee Jones like grumpy. was just there for the paycheck and hated it. So as and his performance, I love his performance in that movie, but it's a little like dead eyed. Like you can tell he's not really there. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Men in Black, there's like a flicker in his eyes yeah. that tells you that he is real in that world. Like Agent K exists. Like the actor believes in what Agent K believes. Yeah. He's really doing it. He's really going for it. And there's so much like tiny motions of his face and little smirks and stuff where it's just such a great performance. I really love it. Even though it's so deadpan. Yeah, what was that line that you said that when he said it? He was talking to Jay. Jay was sitting at a table. Oh, it was in the, it was the, um, the interrogation. He walked in, he unplugged the camera. He turned to Jay. Uh-huh. What did he say though? What was that line? He said, um. They're, they're, uh, they're gills, not eyelids or he, something. After that, it was like, so you, oh, what was it? You chase down or whatever he's called on foot. A cephalopon or something. Yeah. Cephalopod, I don't know. Men in Black. Let's YouTube. <laughs> let's see if it's on there. I'm so mad because it's... And watch it be just a stupid line, but you guys, it makes... It, I need to know. Men in Black interrogation. Let's see what happens. This one. Oh, my God. It's right there. Oh. 
Hold it up to the mic. You mean blinked with both eyes? No, sir. He blinked one set, then he blinked a completely different set. You know, like high beams and low beams. Was that uh, before or after he drew the weapon that you claim evaporated into a million pieces? After, sir. And uh, why is it that none of the other officers saw either of these two events? Well, sir, some of the other officers are a little soggy around the midsection. I guess that's why they weren't able to keep up. Edwards, if you were half the man I am... What the hell are you talking about? I am half the man that you are. <laughs> what is your problem? My problem is you being all up in my damn face. That's my problem. You know, I think he threw him off the roof. So, really, maybe you next. I want to hey, talk to you. Ten minutes, you take the best shot. Now. Okay. Take ten minutes on a Stairmaster, you pudgy bastard. Oh, rude. Believe you, Laurel Weaver, Deputy Medical. Oh, they met here. Oh, they met here. Deja vu because they the, met earlier. Yes, that helps. Doesn't fix it though. No, you have such pretty eyes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Okay. So he's hope this, hope this is worth it. Her. Yep. Agent K's walking in. He unplugs some the night, camera. Huh? Yeah, some night they were guilds, not eyelids. Guilds. He was out of breath. Who are you? Did he say anything to you? Yeah, he said the world was coming to an end. Did he say when? That was it. I love that. That was it. Hold I on, I'm going to hand that. you the phone so that you can look. Oh, the, the look on his face, look I can see face. it in my mind. Yep, I love it, it so much. Yeah. Yeah, we like, we commented on that when we watched this through that like, you could see that the look on Tommy Lee Jones's face yep. says like, First of all, I believe you that the world's coming to an end. Second of all, um, I'm tired because this happens a lot. Yeah. And I'm sick of having to deal with the world almost ending. And yes. three, no matter what it takes, I will stop the world from ending. Yes. All in his one expression. It was, so acute, it was like, as an actor, it was a yeah. beat. He like, yeah. He gave you a face. He like bit his lip. He let the lip go. Yes. Oh, and, yeah, the yeah, lip. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and the like, camera holds on him. Yep. Like The editing choices to hold there was so Just good. Just watch. And there's little subtleties in this movie that are really, like, exquisite. Yeah. Which is why it's a little frustrating that some of the subtleties just seem like they're like, well, it's hand wavy. Who cares? Don't don't uh-huh. don't look this way. We're doing this. Yeah. And if they had applied the level of detail that they applied to moments in this movie to the entire movie, it would have been, I think, even more of a classic than it already is. Yeah. But, but it's such a classic. I it mean, is. The moments that it does right are so good that it's still, like really lives on i hope that that i'm sorry i know i had to search it out but there, that was that was i like, like that that was yeah. cool you did good <laughs> thanks I, I love research i used to edit in clips and yes. i just stopped doing it because it was too much work but it's you literally just did it for me so thank you're you you're so welcome it's, it's like so, i'm good at this podcasting thing or you something. are well you have a podcast that you're on so i mean you practiced um yeah so that i thought it was worth it to say like because he was like did he say when and then you just stare at him for like five seconds and then the yeah. camera cuts to will who's like wait what yeah <laughs> like is this this is for real yeah um and i saw what what a fantastic acting choice and you commented on it which made me think about it like look at that look it was like you're like look at his face look at his lips look at that and i was like oh oh yeah he's serious about this yeah this movie has a lot in it that i stole from my scripts for the web series i'm working on yeah because I'm obsessed with the idea of like wiping someone. Do you want to say that on a podcast? Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, it's, it's. I mean, I I actually reference Men in Black in one of the scripts okay, because good. they create a memory 
wipe device mm-hmm. because he watches Men in Black and gets inspired. Okay, great. Because it will solve his problems of to course. be able to wipe people's memories. Duh. Um, but like when someone, when he builds the device, he calls it a memory suppression device. And there's like a fight with someone about how that's a dumb name. She's like, you just call it a neuralizer. And he's like, no. <laughs> um, so it definitely like references the fact that like this is a thing that exists in a movie. Nice. Um, but I wanted to like have, I, I was fascinated by the idea of having a relationship with someone where they don't remember all of it. And you yeah, do. Yeah, weird. And, like I wanted to like explore that myself that's creepy and i'm just like i'm gonna take this idea from this movie and explore it myself and i'll reference this movie so you know i know but let's see what you can do with this idea it doesn't like uh it do- i don't know why it did this it kind of reminded me of this uh black mirror episode where like you can play back your memories do you oh, i haven't ha- seen that one it was from- you're such a sci-fi nerd am look I- at you it's, it's black mirror is sci-fi absolutely it's sci-fi that's like almost hard sci-fi black mirror is like catnip to sci-fi nerds that's why I haven't watched it yet because what I've seen was like exceptional and I wanted to be like in the oh, right headspace. I see. Yeah, I'm a this most recent season of Black Mirror is not my favorite is actually. Oh really? Well maybe you're not a sci-fi nerd. Maybe not. This <laughs> like and I mean it's probably the most techie of the of the seasons. Hmm. To me Black Mirror is more dystopian than anything. Right. So, I agree. And that's the reason well, why. This just came up in the last episode of the episode. Or have you seen the episode of Black Mirror? This came up in the last episode of my podcast. The I'm saying episode too much. The episode <laughs> of Black Mirror where there's that app where you like rate your interactions with people. Yes. Nosedive. Uh, I don't know. But yes, sure. With uh, what's her name in it? Some girl. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she can't get anywhere because her rating starts to plummet. Exactly. Yeah. Nosedive. That's, oh, that really is the title of it. I am a nerd. Nice. How there about you go. That? Yes. Um, yeah. Like I... That is, I think, like brilliant science fiction yes. because it's like a couple years in the future. Yep. Let's think about social media and where it seems like it's going yep. and tell a story, a warning story about the dangers of how we are treating You know how they were doing media. that already in another country. I, don't, I think it was China. I don't want to, allegedly, I don't want to uh, throw yeah. a country under the bus. An app like that existed in the States. and Well, it was similar. It was like uh, you date people and then rate them. <laughs> the face Child. you just made. I hope you all can hear the face that Ooh, Alexandra just made. Honey, I I'm glad it does not exist for so many people, including myself, in some situations. Yeah, totally. It's too da- it's too dangerous <sighs> it's because too dangerous. I mean, even just like a a thing like and no, nosedive was hard because it was your livelihood was based upon your rating. Right. If you had a great well, rating, what about you Yelp? lived in the. What about Yelp? Like your livelihood as a small restaurant, a family restaurant right. could be totally dependent on Yelp. Yep. And someone could come in who is like racist yeah. and hates you and yeah. leaves a bad uh, review because of the color of your skin and that could affect your livelihood. Yeah. Like we live in that world. We do. Right now. We do. And it's terrifying. That's why that's, I like Black Mirror. Yeah, exactly. It's so dystopian. <laughs> because, but then, like, what, the most recent season, I did not think was. Hmm, that's a bummer. Yeah. Well, I think you'd like the Twilight Zone because it's the Black Mirror is based off of the original Twilight Zone, and you, and the Black Mirror, the first couple seasons of Black Mirror were like trippy, and I they need were to watch it. You, oh my gosh! I've only seen like a couple of episodes, but they were so good. Which ones did you see? Did you see San Junipero? I don't know. I feel um, like that one's the one that everyone... It's the one where you kind of choose your afterlife. No, I haven't seen Great. that. So I saw one the one with Haley Atwell, who I love. Who is that? Um, I can't call up any... She plays Peggy Carter in the Marvel movies you haven't seen. Okay. <laughs> um, 
And it's like her husband dies or her boyfriend dies. Yo, and, and she gets the body yes. and she orders the, the replacement. They, they make a replacement based off of his social Ooh, media. Child. Yes, yeah. I remember that one. That's like hard science sci-fi in my mind. Something that like takes itself super seriously and yeah. really tries to use like legit science yes. to something to, that really to could be, be possible. To make something better, but it's also terrible. It's a right, terrible idea. Exactly. And it teaches you about the importance of human connection. Yes. Uh, through the story like because that, yeah, yeah. You, oh she went through it too i remember that it was a episode. great episode that's a, i watched that show and i'm like man i'm gonna want to like podcast about this i should wait till i'm ready when you do have me on to talk about the earlier seasons okay this last season i don't care about but absolutely like, black museum oh you need to see black museum I don't know what that is, but yeah, I believe you. You do need to see it. And then we can talk about because we've had really great discussions offline. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like you might enjoy Black Museum. Oh, but I also can't wait. if you can it's like the end of the if this is season four, Black Museum is the final episode of season three. Watch you'll have to watch all the episodes though, because there's lots of Easter eggs in Black okay. Museum. Oh cool. Yeah. Ooh. Like a museum of Black Mirror, maybe. Don't yes. tell me anything else. <laughs> I won't say a thing. I won't say a yeah. thing else. That's a show I really want to watch. That's I feel that way. I was just talking about this in the last episode, so I won't go into too much detail. But like sometimes I feel like you have to wait for the show. Like you know you want to watch it, but you have to wait until you're ready. Yeah, to and dive that was in. that was a thing because when it first came out, I thought it was scary because totally. everyone, everyone was like, "Oh, uh, uh, everyone was talking about it," and I was like, "That looks scary. I'm not watching it." And I didn't watch it because I, I was think like, "It is scary." But but it looked it was it's, it's bearable. But it was mm. like. I thought it was like horror scary. It's more right. like psychological. This Ex is absolutely happening yeah. right now and our world right. is going to dust. Well, the problem is that for me, the problem is that like right now our world is a very scary place mm -hmm. and like imagining how it could be worse is not necessarily <laughs> how I want to spend my time. That makes sense. And that's also why I'm waiting on Black Mirror. Because yeah. like, I want to imagine how much sabotage you can endure while still making a great dish in half an hour. Yes. And that's why I'm watching Cutthroat Kitchen. Cutthroat Kitchen. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm and also, like, I just started watching Arrow, and it's such, like, it's, like, mindless entertainment that's, uh, that's like, addicting. Because yeah. the story is kind of soap opera. You get in there, yeah. You're and it's just about heroism, and yep. that never gets old. Um, and even though it's not the, the best show in the world, it's, like, really hitting the sweet spot for me right now. Yeah. Like, this is what I want to be watching right now. Um, I'm really, I'm, like, halfway through season one in, like, three days, which is really cool. Whoa. Although, I asked my mom if she was... Because she used to watch Arrow and she stopped watching it. I just asked her, like, are you still watching Arrow? And she said no because it like went off the rails. And that's never what you want to hear. Oh, you don't want to fall in love yeah. with something that goes off the rails. Scandal but, season four. Yeah. Well, we talked. We talked about this for a while. You I love Scandal season yes, four. You did. Yeah. Yeah, you did. I I did. It was the. It was worth it for me. I think I want to go back and binge all those episodes again and see if I still hate it. But it's tough. This, I, I mean, did. this torture. It's hard to watch torture. It's hard to watch a main character be tortured. Yeah. And I think a lot of people didn't believe it because it was so. Yep. Far fetched. Like so out of left field. So out of left field. But yeah. for me, like you know, for me it worked, and I I went for the journey. I'm like, okay, this character is has been kidnapped and is being tortured, yeah. and this is awful. I'm like, what's going to happen next? And then. Where it went was powerful. Yeah. And one of the most powerful moments on TV that I had that year. So I'm like, I'm with you, Scandal. Okay, you do it to me. Fine. I'll rewatch it. <laughs> I but the but the last season though. Can we all agree that the last season of Scandal Ooh, was not child. was not satisfying. That was rough. Yeah. But you had to watch it because yeah. you've already watched every other season. It wasn't offensively bad. It wasn't mm -hmm. and it didn't like it was rough. Undo 
any of the good of the rest of the show like game of thrones did i I don't know anything about that um and i didn't even i didn't even mind that i just felt like they did definitely undo some of their good like dexter the finale of dexter kind of undid some of the good of that show Oh man i don't know why shows insist on doing that to themselves i liked dexter right up until like the last couple episodes and i was like what is happening what is this and then it ended i was like what is this the last episode was trash trash it was weird because it was can we talk about how like it is so wild to glorify a white serial killer. I know, totally. It is a wi- it was the wildest thing for me to be like watching it and rooting for him and rooting for him. Totally, it's t- it's weird. Uh, oh, I don't know if y'all can hear it in my voice. I'm black. We never <laughs> ever discussed that. So, I'm black, which is also why I just thought it was weird to be watching a white man serial killer yeah. <laughs> for, as a series. What I loved about that show was that it had this message at the core of it of like teach your children to be themselves in the best way you can. Mm-hmm. Like your, your child could be anything, but don't try to conform your child to be something they're not. If like, take your child and help them to be the best version of themselves possible. Take your child and help them be the best serial killer. Right. And even though like Dexter, like Dexter's dad recognized, like he saw something <laughs> when he was so young mm-hmm. that really destroyed him. Mm-hmm. And like, he has violent impulses because of it. So he tried to channel his violence into a positive way. Yeah. And that's not, it's not the way I would have done it. I would have tried to get them into, you know, some sort of military service where uh-huh. they could learn to channel violence in a way that like with some discipline. Yeah. Um, not just like send them out in the world trying to kill bad guys. <laughs> Woo! But uh, I guess that's similar. But it's literally the exact it's same the exact thing, same but it's cool. <laughs> right. But if someone has the need to inflict violence, you yeah. know, if you recognize that as a parent, don't ignore it and don't like pretend it's not there mm-hmm. and don't like, you know, I, like his dad never shamed him for being who he was. He mm-hmm. just tried to nurture him into something that could be positive for society. And that's what made Dexter kind of likable is that he had a code. And that that was fascinating to watch this guy who was doing despicable things for a lot of the right reasons. I mean, when you look at, when I'm watching Arrow and Arrow like has this code that he lives by and he's like going out and fighting dudes and potentially killing people if it comes down to it. But um, he's just living by his code and he's a similarly compelling guy although nowhere near as compelling as dexter i would say yeah he was but, very compelling yeah but yeah it was such a well-told story it was until the end until the end and i was with that show until the end like i know it went downhill a little bit but i was still with it well and i was a late i was late to the game okay I, I so think, you like binged it got caught it up it was like hbo right uh i think it was showtime showtime yeah. it was showtime what happened was i'd gotten uh showtime as a part of my cable package at the time like a Two years ago, I think even. Uh huh. And then I just binged the whole Dexter. I binged everything. Oh wow! Yeah, the first season's so good. It is. The first few seasons are so good. The John Lithgow season is is terrifying. Like that scared the shit out of me. That it still haunts me. Oh. That's one of those things that I've seen that like haunted me. That's who that is. Yeah, in season four, I think. Where he like and he just like, makes spoilers. Yeah, he like makes Dexter's life a living hell, and then like Dexter finds love, and then like. That one, that guy. The well, okay, huge spoilers for Dexter. Yeah, we're already there. Um, the guy who was like a fellow serial killer that Dexter was kind of befriending, but then the serial killer like kills Dexter's wife, yeah. and Dexter comes home and finds in her the way in a bathtub his... full of blood. Yeah, in the way in that the his way mom that his was. mom was Ugh. killed, right? Because didn't he like kill his mom also? He did not. Someone else. Oh, did John? I don't remember now. Did John's character now? Kill I don't his remember. Mom? I'm Googling this. Okay. What? 
Um, but yeah, just like Dexter coming home and finding his wife in the bathtub. Who killed Dexter? Really traumatized me. Oh, no. Dexter and Brian witnessed their mother's bu- brutal murder at the hands of three de- drug dealers. Okay. So what was the connection to... Wasn't there a connection with that? I know, like, he killed all of his victims by, like, getting in the tub with them, right? Time out. I think that I think it's based on a book, and I just read the book. Oh, the Dexter book, yeah. So now let me. It said Dexter in the television series, and, okay. and then I clicked that. So okay, okay, okay. Now okay. I'm going to read some more. Keep talking. I did read the first book, and I liked it, but I didn't <clears throat> love it. Like the show had this quality to it that I felt like the book didn't have, that I missed, and I preferred the show version. But I'm curious where the books went. I felt that way about the Sookie Stackhouse novels too. For True Blood, do you watch True Blood? I do not watch True Blood. Is okay. that HBO? Yeah, that's a show where. It's so good sometimes, but it's kind of not worth it because so much of it is so bad. Oh, you know what? That That's the one that had that really great scene with the gay guy making burger. And the guy's like, I want my burger without AIDS. Is that True Blood? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's True Blood. Uh, that's literally only scene. Lafayette? Lafayette. Oh. I think that's the only. I and actually, him. I just realized. Yeah, I don't know if that was if they choose if their pronouns are he, him. But like, because yeah, it I believe so. It wasn't? Okay. Yeah. And uh, didn't that actor pass away? I think, like a couple years ago. No, I didn't know that. Well, now I have to Google that. Season six. <laughs> Thank you for listening to two people <laughs> Googling. Search the internet, because I'm still, I'm reading this Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, Lafayette, okay, actor, true blood. Dexter, killing him, okay. Begin season, I was going to Dexter. Okay, great, great, great. Life Straw actor True Blood cast. That's not what I wanted. Life Straw. <laughs> Lafayette. I typed it wrong. That that was just my phone being like, dude, I Vogel. have no idea what you were trying to type. Vogel. Who's Vogel? Is that the, that's the name of the guy? Uh, if I don't know his name, I do know he's played by John Lithgow. Nelson Ellis. Yeah, he died in 2017. What? He was such a talent. He's so good in that show, and his character is wonderful and there's so many great characters in that show and it's like such an interesting world but man did they not go places with it you'd want them to go it was really frustrating to watch what'd you find saxon saxon i think is the name of let's see oh no shit john lithgow is it vogel John Lithgow Dexter. Here we go. Okay. Let's see. You do that. I don't think he killed his mom, though. Which is what I was looking for. Okay. Yates. Oh, Dr. Evelyn Vogel. That's who Vogel is. Okay, so then it's no. Who did he play? He... Arthur Mitchell, the Trinity Killer. The Trinity Killer. That's it. Okay, let's see. Arthur Mitchell, Dexter. The should it should be in the Wikipedia if he killed. Or like his mom. the wiki. We really care about this. Right what is now. the other thing? The wiki. Uh, that I like to look up. Like, uh, it's wiki something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh oh. Uh, like the fandom wikis. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so he's the Trinity Killer. He. Uh, he has a recurring pattern of three killings. The first murder is a young woman in a bathtub. 
Second, victim is a married mother of two. Okay, so that's what it, it's just... It's Third, just, victim is a father of two. At first, Dexter is fascinated by Mitchell's efficient killing methods and apparent ability to balance his familiar responsibilities with his secret life as a serial killer. It says here... In the final scene, Mitchell kills Dexter's wife in the bathtub of Dexter's house. He left Dexter's son Harrison in her blood, mirroring the childhood trauma that put Dexter on the path to becoming a serial killer. Yeah. So maybe that was the thing, is they were like flashing back to Dexter as a kid. That's it, but it wasn't that his mom... It wasn't that he killed his mom, it was that like this mirrored Dexter's experience, solved it. (laughs) yeah and then that was dexter with alexandria and jesse yeah that jonah yeah i don't i was seeing jonah i don't remember who jonah is is his is his is mitchell's son oh okay okay well Anyway, anyway, men in black. Sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, like I when I played the video clip, I if I feel like I need to know the answer to the thing, I'm gonna I need to yeah, search it out. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and I I normally cut out <laughs> silence when that happens because yeah. it happens sometimes. Yeah. And I kind of feel like I won't, but He's I don't know. Leave it there. I might. We'll Let see. Go. I keep telling myself that like I need to stop doing things like that to make it perfect. Yeah, I need to just like let it exist, and if there's something that I can't stand behind, take it out. But otherwise, like, just let it be. Or, like, if it's a super long pause. Like, if it took us right. far too long to find... But Google's pretty fast. Yeah. But if it took us too long to find that thing, then... Right. But then, like, where's the line? What's a super long pause? Did we just have a super Maybe long pause? Maybe it's like this. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna try! I was gonna I try know. to You look so serious. I did! So, okay. Coming back to Men in Black. <clears throat> how would you rate it as a movie? Like, one to ten. How do you feel about it? I don't think it's going to go anywhere under an eight. Yeah. I feel like, but it, because it's all wrapped up, nostalgia wrapped up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Nostalgia. I watched it again. I still enjoyed it. Um, and I think it could be even wilder if one, I'm not eating cause, so that I can deal with the goop. <laughs> and then two, like, I feel like an edible would probably make it even better. Mm, yeah, like, totally. But there's no way I was going to be able to, I wouldn't have been able to stay awake through it. I think, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like, <laughs> I, I was thinking about that. And I feel like I'm around an eight also, mm-hmm. which is weird because parts of this movie are like 10 Trash. out of 10. Oh. And parts of this movie are like, well, it's a four or five. Yeah. But I think that the overall experience is like an eight. Yeah. And I, you know, it makes you want to know what's next in the story. And I feel like just oh, remembering we talked back. talked about how Men in Black 2 is, was, you thought it was a really good sequel. I liked it. Yeah. I, a lot of people didn't, but I liked it. And I know that a big bone of contention was like, why are you going to... Uh, spoilers for Men in Black 2. Why are you going to neuralize K if you're just going to de-neuralize him in Men in Black 2? Yeah. And like bring him back. But what I liked about that was that he went to live this perfect life with his wife that he missed so much and she left him and yeah. he's, he ends up alone. So coming back to the Men in Black is like... Was no problem. Good for him yeah. in that case. Which I thought was... His family. Cool. Yeah. Like he, he spent this life worrying about the woman he couldn't have mm-hmm. and not and appreciating he the wife he... The life he had and then... He ends up losing the thing that he was spent all this time pining for, probably because he was pining for this old life that he had, even though he didn't know that he had it. Like there was like this emptiness in his soul, yeah. That he doesn't even know why, because he doesn't remember. And like maybe it's the whole thing of like the what ifs will always get you. Like yeah. you, if you just do it, and then you're like, oh, it didn't work, cool. But the what if of like, what if it 
could have worked, but you didn't do it. Right. I feel like these movies kind of play at like free will in a way that say, is. In what case? Why did why did he sign just to like keep going back and staring at her? Right. Why did he decide to be a part of the right. black? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's like what we were talking about before we watched the movie. You know, this idea of would you give up the people you love for the truth? <laughs> and I think <laughs> that he was young and you know discovered something so fantastic that he couldn't put it down and that's probably the same thing as agent j so then yeah. that's why i wonder if will was going to make it an appear i mean both will still doesn't look old so there's a there's that i think he was also i wonder how old he 20 31 at the most when he did men in black because he's like 50 now right i'm not sure like, yes are you thinking like him <laughs> making an appearance in the new one men in black international yes but in a way of like because uh I feel like if we were to do a prequel to Men in Black, you would, or like Men in Black 3 had young, yeah, young, young K. K, right? Yeah. You could see that he probably got in when he was like in his 30s. So by the time Jay came along and he was ready to be done, he was older. Uh huh. And my thing is, even looking older. Uh, and you, you want to see a movie where Jay gets a new person and that retires him? Yes. Yeah. That would be cool. I'd love that. Yeah. It was so. But I don't know if he'll ever look it. Yeah, right, because he's you know? just not aging. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i really curious to see Men in Black International. It's out right now. It's getting really bad reviews. Okay. Like, legit bad reviews. And it's not making a lot of money, from what I understand. And I've heard from people whose opinions, I believe, that it's really not good. And we, you know, uh, you and I actually talked about doing a podcast about that first. But then we're like, well it might be more fun to talk about the first movie because we know we love that. <laughs> it might be kind of a bummer yes. to like try to do a podcast about something that we really didn't enjoy. Um, so let's see. He was born. Yeah. So Will was born September, 1968. This film came out of summer of 97, making him 29. Okay. So that's why I'm saying like young agent J. And now, I mean, if he, he was born in 68, he's 51. Right. 50 oh he'll be 51 this year so so it's still not a long time but and he yeah. still doesn't look old so i don't know if there's even a way to <laughs> right do you know have him look like he was going look to like retire he's ready to retire because yeah. the second that he booked that film he would be dyeing his hair black and right and beefing up again like right will smith yeah it's interesting that they made one without him um and it seems like they went international so that they wouldn't have to deal with him. Yeah. Because they don't have to say whether or not he's still alive or yep. working. They it's just, just another sector of go it. Go international. Yeah. And maybe he has a cameo and I don't know about it. I don't know. Um, don't I don't want to know. Okay. Yeah. I literally flexed and pick up my phone. I and saw I like, maybe I they won't. Maybe yeah. they won't do that. Because I still really want to see it. Like I, I Even Men in Black 3, which was my least favorite of the three of them, I still really enjoyed. Yeah. So I feel like the formula is so good. I, I don't like how formulaic those movies are, though, because... It, it seemed like they tried to find jokes and aliens that were popular in the first one and uh -huh. put them back, back in the second yeah. one and kind of create, uh, you know, like a, like tropes that have to be in a Men in Black movie yeah. to make it a Men in Black movie. Yeah. And that's how I feel like Star, Star Wars is going. Oh, yeah, like, those little coffee aliens. Yeah, yeah, the coffee aliens and like Frank the Pug. Oh, yeah. Um, And I like it better when you know, movies have a little more freedom to do their own thing. But I do like callbacks. Like, I enjoy that. It's such a it's such a slippery slope. It's yeah. a fine line. 
you want to be able to do get the the nostalgia of the first movie but let it i that's why i think about sister act and sister act 2 like sister mm. act 2 to me is a better movie than sister act <laughs> but you still get the callbacks to regular sister act with yeah. i mean all the nuns i Andy and I have talked about this, how I love the first one and the second one just didn't do it for me. No! But I was a kid and I felt like the second one was too real. And I the first oh. one was like so much fun and I yeah. wanted to have fun. I see. And it yeah, wasn't fun. the second fun. one was real. You're, yeah. right. you're right. And you're right. It might be a better movie and I should rewatch it as an adult, but just for my we personal... We should do that. I'm gonna, <laughs> I actually have the DVDs of those. Though, so we'd it. have to find a DVD player. Yeah. But we like, have to include Andy <laughs> on that. She would please. be so mad no, it'd be so great. No, no, no. We have yeah. to have her. And that maybe be even our Sarah, because I feel like Sarah would totally be watching it, too. Our next movie day, yes. Here for it. Yeah. Because I feel like Sister Act is so great, and Sister Act 2, for me, it's just all nostalgia. And maybe it's because also a little black girl, like, watching mm-hmm. Sister Act 2, who wanted to be a singer, and, like, it's literally, it's literally like, oh, I'm gonna do that, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, That has nothing to do with Men in Black. How do we get here? Are you excited to see... Men in Black International? I would like to. I've, I don't know if I'm excited. I don't. I, I think I'd be open to it, and then I'd be open to enjoying it. There are movies that I realized that I never intended to, intended to enjoy, and then I loved them. Mm-hmm. For example, The Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. I definitely went and saw that movie and thought, I'm not going to like this. But the music is fantastic, and the, and the storyline was cute, and it may not have been real, but it was cute, and I was like, I liked this movie. I walked out of it really liking it. Nice. So I'm, I always give any movie the benefit of the doubt, with the exception of La La Land. Like, I still haven't seen that, and I won't. But um, <laughs> I haven't seen that either. Yeah, I'm not watching that. But, like, it's just, you. I like to give movies chances. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Part. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I hope it's not as bad as people are saying because that means i was really excited when i heard about it because tessa thompson and chris hemsworth together chris hemsworth i didn't know who the white guy was they're so great together because they're in uh thor ragnarok together okay and some of the other like avengers movies um and i really like tessa thompson a lot and what if what i've heard is that like those two characters those two people have such great chemistry and Mm -hmm. we know that because we've seen them together Mm -hmm. what i've heard is that this movie does not utilize their chemistry and it seems like such a shame it like kind of um, but probably because they didn't, they wouldn't want people to think of Thor, right? If they've worked together, maybe, and yeah, they I had chemistry in that way, then they can't have the same chemistry. You you right. don't want them to think but, of another franchise. But they should have some chemistry, not oh, no true. chemistry. You're right, especially if yeah. they're partners. Yeah, and I heard that the humor doesn't really work. But I don't know. I have a weird sense of humor, so maybe I'll like it. And, I, and I love who, absurdist humor. We we I would be interested in seeing the movie to to find out. Yeah. Because also, I feel like. So much of life is changing as far as like what is accepted humor and what isn't accepted humor. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that is changing comedy and that's changing like how people like. Yeah. Like Will Smith making fun of the cop for being fat. Yeah. Wouldn't happen now. No. Nope. I don't think. <clears throat> nope. No. Yeah. And probably for the better. Yeah. Know? Absolutely. Like let's not poke fun at people's bodies. As a means of, like, the only... For an easy laugh. Yeah, an easy laugh, right. yeah. Yeah. Let's work a little harder and get something a little better. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. But, yeah, but like, things like that in the original Men in Black <coughs> definitely exist. and are, But you don't want to see it in the new Men in Black. You and know? that's what I'm saying. Like, the whole landscape has changed. So I wonder, if you say some... If someone's telling you some of the humor doesn't land, is it that old school humor that they're trying to make work in 2019? Right, totally. Is well, it... We'll find out. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I still am just really into the idea of the men in black because mm-hmm. that's that's a conspiracy theory that exists 
in like, real life. In real life. Yep. Yeah. I actually read a book once. The book that the Mothman Prophecies movie was based off of. Have you seen the Mothman Prophecies? No, I have not. Oh my god, Mothman Prophecies. That that movie I loved when I was younger. And it's a movie that like puts real life fear into your life in a way that's kind of cool and kind of fun and like really makes you think. And I really liked it. And it's based off of this um I mean, there's this general idea that there is this creature, the Mothman, mm-hmm. that that like there's all these sightings of. Um it's like a big man with huge moth wings. It's and it's hard to see and, you know, it seems to be affecting this town and it's crazy and scary. And when you see these two red lights, it's like the eyes of the moth coming towards you. Creepy. And it's really creepy. But then there's also like, well, I don't really want to spoil the movie, but for me as a sci-fi nerd, it felt like a sci-fi movie. It felt like, what if this thing existed and this were real? Like what would happen and why would it be here and what would it be doing? And it felt like they played it straight. And I loved it. I loved it for that. That reminds me of, there's an M night Shyamalan movie. Oh yeah. Um, the Village? Nope. The Happening? Nope. Lady in the Water? Maybe. Maybe. Because, and then like, something like you, here, I, okay. I was in college when I watched the movie. I barely watched it because I was so terrified. <laughs> I like watched it through peeking fingers. And uh, in my dorm room, there was a mirror on the back of the door. And I remember like closing, I, I turned off the light and I closed my door and the power strip under my bed had glowed red and it looked like mm. two eyes. And uh-huh. in the movie, like you only saw that those red glowing eyes in the in the mirror. And then you turn around oh. and that's it. And like I almost peed myself <laughs> as a twenty something year old, like because I saw the glowing red of my power strip in the mirror and I yeah. had never noticed it before. And I was like, Oh ah! scary. But Yeah, that's what Mothman was like. <laughs> Oof. I so I watched half that movie at a friend's house mm-hmm. back in San Diego with uh with another friend with us and like the friend whose house we're at had to kick us out i don't remember why so we had to drive home and it was like through this long windy road in this like wooded area and we kept seeing like two red lights together and just freaking out like we were halfway through the movie so we like that's when the fear is that it's most palpable in that film Um, and it was so fun and like we're i was like trying to scare him i was being a dick but yeah that's terrible i "I am indrid cold i'm like making the voice from the movie and stuff and and he was like, oh, so you're the person I don't watch out. scary movies with. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Good to know. I'm not normally like that. Sometimes <laughs> you can't help it. Like if friends do that shit to me, I'm like, you're a bad person. And then you're I go to someone, person? I'm like, well, maybe I am too. Uh, so true. Yeah. I, I'm so don't remember. Oh, the Mothman Prophecies um, yes, 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 yes. was based off of a book by a conspiracy theorist. And there was a lot of stuff about the men in black in that book. The book was like not really worth reading honestly and kind of disappointing because i thought it was going to be like cool stories of mothman sightings and it was mostly just like random conspiracy stuff a lot of ufos a lot of um men in black stuff uh which was kind of interesting because of men in black franchise but Mm -hmm. like the book itself i wouldn't recommend um but yeah but the, the idea of the men in black is like been around for a really long time and like this idea that there is this government agency that is, you know, su- that no one knows about for real. And just like these dudes in black suits show up. But what I loved about the movie is that they basically said, it's not a government agency. It's outside of the government. Yeah. That, that they're just people. They were making fun of the government. You're, yeah. Everything we could have expected from a government agency. Exactly. Like, yeah. Making fun of the, yeah, the recruits. They, they have the patent on Velcro and they just sell stuff and make money. And they have like all this alien technology. So yeah. they, um, yeah. Like the premise of it is so cool that there's like, 
it's like alien customs for people like coming to earth yep and these people have decided to make earth a safe zone for anyone who wants it but i don't know there's so much like there's such a moral question there because they're putting the earth at danger by making it a safe zone because like that's why these aliens are coming here to try to kill us looking for this thing that someone else brought um and it seems like the type of thing that the general population should have a say in whether or not you know we open the earth's borders yeah but i for me personally I like the idea that they kind of know that the answer from the humans would be no, because people are scared, and they know that it's the right thing to do to, like, when someone needs help to offer it, so they just offer but it. But is it help? I feel like they require more from them, because you you saw, like, they had to carry around a specific licensure. Mm-hmm. Uh, licensure, that's not a word. I think it but is. Is it? Yeah. Cool. Maybe. Licensing. Sounds, sounds good. Sounds good to me. Sure. Um, and... <laughs> And then they were they would track them. You saw that they could see when people were fleeing. They're like, oh, all these people are leaving America. Why do you think that that is? Oh, like, sure, you could see yeah. Them, like hopping and like the guy who had his baby mama in the back seat, ready to have a baby. Why are you jumping ship? Why are you going to when you're not supposed to be in this? Like they have them quarantined in certain areas. Like, is why is it that? Yeah, they were only relegated to live and be in certain areas, and the second that they trans. Like they, what is the word? They, uh, like trespass, I guess is not the word uh-huh. I'm thinking of. But that's when Agent K showed up like, <clears throat> where are you going? Like, we've been watching you. We see that you're trying to leave. You're only supposed to be right. in Manhattan or whatever. Right. Like, so I don't know if, if, what does that say about us? That if we did allow other life forms, we would make sure that they carried around their ID cards, make sure that they only stayed in the places that we told mm-hmm. them to stay. Like, right. Yeah, that's a really good point. And then we do we tell them that it's for their own safety? Like, if humans found out that you were here, like, they will come after you. So we're really doing this for your own good. Yeah. I feel like they should just reveal to the world that aliens are there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I always get a little, like, frustrated with the trope of, here's this mystical world that no one else can know about. Yeah, because they live in their... Cal- as long as they feel like they are the only ones right. here, everything is calm. I also love it because, like, then you're like an insider. You're like, oh, I yeah, know yeah, about yeah. this world now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt that way the watching elite. like Stargate, uh, the TV show, where they like can't tell anyone that they have these ways to access other planets that are, you know, these gates. Wow. Um, and it kept being this plot point of like, will the general public find out about the Stargate program? Yeah. And I actually really like how they handled that on that show. Although I don't remember it super specifically. But yeah, Men in Black does that. And like superhero movies do that a lot, you know, where it's like, will we find out this person's actual identity or yeah I don't, and i love that the marvel the first marvel movie ends with iron man like well you haven't seen this movie yet so never mind iron man yeah have you seen it i've seen iron man oh, okay what did oh you... i guess it's a marvel movie huh yeah 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 it was um, you that RDJ? said that you hadn't seen marvel movies right yes. i'm not making this up you're okay. not making it up okay i said that i hadn't seen anyone besides black panther that's because i didn't realize iron man was yeah iron man thor with, captain with america robert downey jr yes yeah I've seen Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2, I believe. Oh, Iron Man 3 is great. I really enjoyed Iron Man 1. Like, I Iron loved... Man 1 is great, too. It's really good. But yeah, I remember at the very end, he's like, I am Iron Man. Yes. And he just tells everybody. At the press conference. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's such a cool thing in a superhero movie. Oh, you thought they never you were going to be that. ruining a plot point if you said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah. hilarious. That's so great. <laughs> so let's ruin it Thank for someone for else, that. unfortunately. Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. We have been talking <laughs> so long. 
It's been almost two hours on the record and like four hours off the Seriously. record. Seriously, we should wrap this up. We should. I'm exhausted, but I, I will. I would love to have you back. I would love to come back, and so, maybe I can have you like read a dystopian series, and yeah, we, and we chat about that. Yeah, or maybe we talk about like a book, maybe Men not Black a series, International, or yeah. when, we, when we see it, or maybe yes. we talk about Black Mirror, or whatever. I don't know. It'll, it'll all happen. that. It'll happen. Any of the things. Yeah, we'll bring you back. Cool. There's there's people that I have so much fun with that I keep inviting back, and you are now one of them. Yes, for, for definite, for sure. Unless your audience is like, we are not going to listen to two hours worth of content. You might might want to hack some of this up. <laughs> just like give little teasers or whatever. I don't know. No, no, it's not going to happen. No, my my audience is small but loyal. Mighty. Small yeah. and mighty. Yeah, I feel like the people that listen to this show are the people that are just kind of into my content creation portfolio enough yeah. that they just want to experience it at all, you know? That's dope. Yeah. Well, hello, I, all of you. You are wonderful. Please yeah. keep listening and tell a friend. I, but I might be wrong. I don't know. I don't know who listens for sure. But the people that I hear from anyway are people that are that come to like game streams also. Yeah. And um, they just like, they just dig what I'm putting out there. And I, it so means the world to me. It's amazing. It's so cool. And I, yeah, I feel weirdly free he in this environment where i much more so than i can streaming just because of like trolling and stuff like oh, that. oh yeah um and also because you get immediate feedback when you're game streaming yeah and sometimes like mean feedback it's so, immediate yes yeah so sometimes you just don't want to go down a, a deeper well yeah but the podcast feels like a much more safe environment and that's something i love about it is that like you can have a pretty intense conversation and if there's ever something you don't want out there you can cut it out absolutely so it's it is safer there was a couple of things that i said already that i'm pretty i'm kidding we didn't <laughs> we're, not, we're not cutting anything at all yeah but all that being said like i have such a particular point of view and distinct point of view that i think that i might alienate anyone who's looking for just a casual sci-fi podcast yeah so i don't think that like i i've done a lot of uh self-promotion on reddit mm-hmm. and i've gotten like the episodes that had the biggest numbers were from that were from like me posting it on reddit and like a bunch of people checked it out for one reason or another but that that has not been like a consistent audience i i've i've never really heard from someone who said i found you on reddit and have listened to the show i don't think yeah. i've ever heard that once whoever so, listened to uh this podcast who came from reddit let me know, know i'm curious comment uh uh a cat hard eye emoji i don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I'm actually like kind of not really, I don't really know who listens to be honest, besides the people that tell me. Yeah. I don't know because it's like, how can you? Well, this is great. Yeah. I enjoy I it. it. I yeah. feel like you, when you do it for the love of it, it's like we were talking about. It's... Yeah, totally. That's why I'm starting to let go of the idea of trying to make a good show. Yeah. yeah. I just want to like, love make... it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need it to be like objectively good like take out all the pauses make right. it perfect right fade yeah. in the little thing being super careful about staying on topic yeah, yeah yeah i don't like staying on topic i don't it's so much I fun literally to go do everywhere not stay on top y'all have heard this podcast yeah like if someone wants to comb through this <laughs> and edit it down to just the men in black talk you're welcome to Absolutely. let me know i i and then tell I us how long the podcast is. Right. It's 10 minutes <laughs> 10 long. 10 minutes long. But yeah, but like for me personally, I value all the tangents so yeah. much that like I don't want to force myself to go through the process of like deciding. I used to do this where I used to like go through episodes and like decide what was n- the least 
interesting thing that it should be taken out or maybe wow. like, you know, I used to try to tighten it up, I guess. But I guess uh, it's different too. Like we, this is the first podcast, so there's going to be tons of tangents because it's also like introducing me. People don't know who I am. Well, we're trying to figure out there's who. There's been plenty of podcasts with tons of tangents okay, then on this mind, show. Then. No, well, sure. then never mind. Yeah. Because then it's like, I'm, the next time I come back, maybe won't be as tangenty. Right. Because we'll I be. I think the difference is that I would normally try to keep. I would I would make an attempt to stay on topic yeah. maybe slightly more than I have today. Okay. Because I know, because like that is feedback I've gotten is, you know, or feedback I've heard about other shows is like people like it when you stay on topic. Mm-hmm. And I, I have tried to kind of turn myself into like a sci-fi show that I think that casual sci-fi nerds would like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, but I'm realizing that that's not really what I want to do. Yeah. I just want to love my show. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to like not worry about it so much and enjoy myself more. And you know, I've I've stopped promoting it on Reddit. Yeah, and I don't know if I will again or not. I you know I'm barely promoting it on Twitter. I've stopped really promoting it on Facebook that much because it doesn't feel natural to me. Yeah, to be like, hey, be like, listen hey. to this thing. Yeah, like maybe this episode with you because I'm because so we have, amazing because you're so amazing and we have so many mutual friends that yeah, I think would enjoy this. Not Same. because it's about Men in Black, but because just you and I shooting the just shit, bantering. Like, yeah, maybe I'd put that on Facebook. I but, would. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, yo, you guys, I got to record with Jesse the Mercury. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but yeah, but I would love if other people share it. Long yeah. story short, like I kind of want to just make it and not worry about it yeah. from this point out. I'd love for it to grow and I'd love to hear from people. And I think that, but I'm realizing I'm not necessarily willing to um, make that my focus because then I don't love it as much. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm learning that about myself. But if you want to share it, people out there, please do. I will will share it and everyone should share it as well. Yeah. Anyway, all that's coming around to say that like my audience is small enough that I don't think I need to worry so much about them being upset that we talked about Dexter. You know, because actually, like my yeah. my insecurity is telling me, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. well, maybe I should cut out the Dexter talk. I mean, we we should cut out the pageantry talk. Then you should cut out the no, because that stuff was great. Okay, but like Dexter, we were like reading, and I loved it. You know, oh, like, we did read. We were just it. like googling, and we did the same thing in the first half, though. We yeah. we didn't talk about Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West, which so- we looked up in the in the middle. And it came out two years after Men in Black and was yep. directed by the same person, which yep. is fascinating. And we were thinking of Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek, That's yes. who it was. Yes. And I was the jerk who confused Selma Hayek with Penelope Cruz. Apologies to Mrs. Cruz. Yes. Um, um, maybe that's our next podcast is Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West. Because <laughs> yes. I, I only saw that once. I'd be curious to see it again. I would. I think I would want you to see a, like maybe an episode or two. Let me pick a couple episodes of black mirror for you to watch because that would be cool yeah white bear i think is my favorite and i feel like you might enjoy that cool actually black museum is my favorite but black black bear what did i just say white bear Hmm. white bear is is a cool episode awesome and well we should do it i'm down yay do you have anything you want to plug I mean, no, we, I, the Seattle Diva podcast, if you would like to listen to that, is four girls getting together and talking about things, and you can listen to us talk there. Um, uh, as, as Jesse mentioned earlier, I am hosting the Gregory Awards here in Seattle. If you want to get a ticket and come party with us, it's for theater folk, but that's basically, I don't really have anything to plug. I just love being here. I like talking. So thanks <laughs> Do you want to plug me. like Instagram or Twitter or anything? Oh, sure. Yeah, you're welcome yeah, to. I didn't even think about that. How, <laughs> how great am I at social media? Yeah. Uh, Instagram and Twitter are the same handle. M-I-S-S-A-J-H-E-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. Miss A-J Henderson. Nice. So hit me up. Hit me with a follow. 
Sometimes I post cute pics and Twitter. You can follow me there, but I don't really do anything there. I'm, yeah. I'm still learning that. I'm old. <laughs> I'm old, I say. I'm like, oh, what is this new Twitter thing that the kids are using? I'm yeah. still on Facebook. I'm, I am I still have weird feelings about... I've, I've had very conflicted feelings about social media since the last election. Yeah. It's been hard for me to be personal on there. Yeah. I'm pretty personal on... I'm personal asterisk on my instagram and that's the most public i mean mm-hmm. twitter is <clears throat> excuse me my twitter is public as well but i don't really post there but pictures i love sharing pictures i do too and so and that's, I, I do instagram, that on instagram yeah. a lot instagram is the one i use the most and i don't yeah. use it that much but i i really like i've gotten really into discord which is like a private group i don't even know what that is yeah it's like a it's like a chat room ga- uh, app for mostly for gamers but anyone can use it that wants to cool and i set one up for my community that watches me live stream and that's that gives me my social media fix a lot nice because i realize what i like about social media is being able to be a part of a community yeah and i used to feel that way on facebook because it was like my community of friends back in san diego yep. or then here when i moved here and yep. get to see what everyone's Keep up to touch, yep right but now it's become just like an overwhelmingly negative Political experience wasteland. exactly yes. yeah, and i i just have a really hard time like I, I go on social media to relax and I don't want to be force fed like really intense opinions. I, uh, uh, after the election, I started have I had to do a major cleaning of my Facebook, hmm. as you can probably imagine. Uh, cause there's just some things that were just really scary that a lot of my friends thought were, it was okay to post. Yeah. Um, and, and that's also when it started to die for me then. And like, I took it off my phone. I took the actual app off my phone. And if I need to see, if I need to like get a hold of it, because there are some people that I know that still only communicate via Facebook and, yeah. and some extended family members that I don't want to get rid of. Yeah, that's and hard. So, and so I will go on the Safari version of the Facebook. Right. And so it's severely limited. But mainly I just post a picture on Instagram and that's where my activity mainly is. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just want to share my art. You know, I want to make yeah. stuff and share it. And that's why YouTube is so great for me. But it's the hard thing about podcasts is that like putting a podcast into a podcast feed, you know, it's on iTunes and all that or mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's no way, to, like, unless someone is searching for sci-fi, they might find me, yeah. but not even on iTunes because yeah. I'd need to have more ratings and reviews yep. to show up on iTunes, yep. which is a nice time to say, hey, if you're listening, uh, leave it. us a positive rating and review. Yes. Oh my God, I remembered. Someone left me a new review and I wanted to read it on the show. Read it. All right, we're going to use this to wrap up today. But now I have to search for something on my phone. And so do that and I'll give you You talk to us, yes. Uh. <laughs> I can't pull that off. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> uh. Wait, this is a real song. Isn't it is. It? Do you know what it is? I can't place it. I remember. I recognize it. I'm in the wrong key. Stevie Wonder? It's not. Ugh. But it has to do with the artist we've been talking about all day. Will Smith? It is. It's, he, he sampled it. I see the crystal raindrops fall, and the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining through. Who is it? I'm dying. When I see you sometimes, something like that. I want to spend some time with you. Just the, the two, two of us. us. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> you can make it if we try. Just the two of us. This is just the okay. two of us. After spending all day talking to each other, singing just the two of us at the end of the podcast <laughs> feels 
a little on the nose. Because we've literally been talking for like seven hours. We have. It's crazy. We forged a real friendship. We we have. Today. We did. Like, we are friends. Yes. We and, were we were like heading this way for a while. And actually, truthfully, Jesse, you know too much. So the only way out is in a body bag. Just want to let you know. All right. You're trapped. I can handle that. I um, think it's Bill Withers. I don't think so. That's I'm like not, trying to wrong. click the more on this uh, on this review, and it won't open. Two of us. Grover what? No, is that him? Oh, here we go. Okay, um, okay. Wait, I have to turn this sideways. This is this is why iTunes is annoying. <laughs> yeah, Grover Washington Jr. Everybody. Nice. And Bill Withers. Great. Continue. Okay, I have a <laughs> I have a new um, review from El Rocho, and Rocho is someone who comes to my live streams. Uh, so I really appreciate this. But Shout Roche out to you. Says uh, the title of this review is "Stairs Don't Work in Space." Shout out to my song "Relativity." <laughs> um, this I love this review because it, it quotes several of my songs, which Let's is so go. sweet. Go I for just it. Love it. I may be on Pluto most of the time, but if I ride on the pulse of a quasar, I'll make it to Mercury. Best interdimensional time traveling sci-fi podca- podcast in the multiverse I've heard. I like to put this on when I'm flying solo in the asteroid fields. I've heard they really like him on SETI Alpha 5. I know what I'm looking for because I found it, and it's your podcast, which is my song, Cosmic Child. Set phasers to synth pop. Now enjoy your journey through space and time. That's so cool. That's so dope. Yeah. And very well researched. Yeah. And Roach is someone who has told me before how much they like my music, and it really means a lot. Like someone who is like... that's really dope. Who, who my music is helping their life be better in a small way. Like that's really what I make art for is to try to make people feel good. You know? And then the podcast is just icing on the cake of that. Yeah. That's the podcast, true. I want to make people feel um, included. Like yes. I want, I want people to think about the world that we live in and like how we relate to it. Mm-hmm. And also just like celebrate something that we all love, which is science fiction. That's so great. Yeah. And hang out with cool people. And- what? sing songs together (laughs) alright this was awesome Alexandria thank you so much for being here my pleasure thanks y'all until next time stay nerdy out there (gasps) Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury is listener funded through Patreon to support the show and gain access to bonus content sign up at patreon.com slash Sci-Fi. if you love this podcast help me spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform leaving us a positive rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice, or by contacting me directly via email at sci-fi at jessemercury.com. For more cosmic content, including my sci-fi synth-pop album, music videos, podcasts, and live streams, visit my website at jessemercury.com. <laughs>